Blog Talk Radio. We've had the best football picks for a decade, and we ain't stopping now. Live from the IMLD Home Studios, in its 10th season, this is, in much less detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Now your host, Jay Andre. Welcome in. The divisional round is upon us. The conference semifinals, as I like to call them. Uh, big question tomorrow night of Jalen Hurts. How does he hurt? Does he hurt so good? Or does he hurt too bad? That's the biggest mystery of super mega conference semifinal weekend, and we will find out the answer to that tomorrow. But first, we're going to break down super mega wild card weekend. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. We are here with you live on a Friday night, January the 20th, 2023. I'm Dre. He's Jay. Hey, I got it right the first time, so that's a good sign. Two hours of hot football talk. The football party is in full effect tonight, Friday night. (laughs) The Friday before the divisional round begins, what many people call the best round of football with four uh, supposed to be high-quality games. Uh, It's got a lot to beat out for wildcard weekend with all the wildness that happened last weekend. Uh, What's your early thoughts, Jay? You think this weekend is going to live up to the expectations and and be as wild as last weekend, or you don't think the matchups are going to be all that great? Every time we think that this season can't get crazier or wilder, it happens. So it it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, Those games last weekend, they were, they were, they were, they were good. It was, it wasn't great, but it was a very good, solid weekend. It was fun. There was drama, there was tension, there was like wild finishes, crazy comebacks. You had you had basically the whole season right there in a nutshell. Uh, super mega wicked wild card weekend, yay sports! That's right. Uh, it was it was everything you could ask for, I think, uh, as far as uh, the football gamut. Um, great football play uh, accepted. <laughs> Uh, the the quality of football wasn't all that great, but everything else about football, all the drama, all the tension, all the comebacks, all the uh, everything you could ask for, except for maybe the the best quality. Uh, it was it was something. I was very skeptical of of, of the, the the television aspect of last weekend going into the games. I thought there might be some decent dramatic tension. I, I think the game I thought would have the most drama would be the Monday nighter, and that probably turned out to be uh, the least dramatic uh, when it was all said and right. done. Yeah, that was the that was the one that I guess we could call it like blowout, because I mean Niners Seahawks blew out, but that game was really competitive right. in the first half, like surprisingly competitive in the first half, and you know, and then the Niners realized who they were playing and took care of business. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then in between all that was just oof, uh, yeah. a dizzying uh, array of uh, of activity, um, which we will get to uh, breaking down right now. 
Um, so our point system for the wild card, of course, now we put a little less emphasis on wild card weekend with only one point for each game. Um, I did come out ahead, uh, as it turned out, with the three games that we were going against each other. Um, I was able to snag the last two of those. Uh, so that puts me for with four points total last weekend to your three, uh, putting me at uh, 105.4 for our playoff point system to your 102.6. A very, very slim margin still. But that's the point of the uh, the new point system is to put a little less emphasis on the uh, sort of randomness of the wild card games and, and put some some more oomph, some more muscle into the uh, later games and conference finals uh, and the Super Bowl uh, with the big points on the line there. Uh, so this weekend coming up with the divisional round, three points each. Uh, you you liken it to your round. You you, you had a run there uh, years ago where you seemed like you couldn't lose. I never lose on divisional round weekend. So. You're, lo- you're looking very much forward to, to these four games this weekend, I think. Always. I love the divisional round. <laughs> and I just love calling uh, it the divisional round because it annoys you. Yes, because it's the conference semifinals. It's the divisional round. Yeah. You're the only division... person I know who calls it that. That's, that's what makes it even better. Because there were divisional games played last week, there were division champions playing last yeah. weekend. Why does this the divisional round and not last? Week? I, I don't, I don't. Understand. I, I don't know where the. I mean, I'm guessing the history of this probably equates to when there were less divisions, and right. I, I don't, I don't know. But uh, probably, I'm not going to go back name. and research it. That's yeah, I'm the not name, and they're the sticking to it. Yeah. So it'll be interesting as we give away our, our best and worst in our awards this week, uh, how much overlap we have. I tried to be a little different, so we'll see, you know, maybe, you know, sometimes we think we're being different and we just end up being chalk. Well, that's the part that tickles me is we, that we, we entertain ourselves and, and each other and whoever's listening probably isn't, but that's fine. Because I think I was a little different on some of mine as well, so we're probably going to wind up being the same on the things that we think we're different on, and that's yeah, just we're going to think we got laugh. this one. Like I got this one. This is going to be oh. great, and then you'll have the same thing. And I'll, yeah, you get to go first. Yeah. So I've got to hope that you don't steal all of mine uh, this week. <laughs> and you just go, I concur. Uh, yeah, we both try to zig when the other one's zagging. We both wind up zagging at the same time. So we'll see how that turns out this time. Right. Uh, the best of, of Wild Card Weekend to me, just much much better football uh, than than what we expected. I mean, again, the quality of play, eh, not so much, but just better television. I guess you know, great TV in Jacksonville that that you know twenty seven and nothing comeback. That's yeah. probably the game I thought would be the biggest snooze fest is Chargers Jaguars because it's two teams that don't really have any real pedigree yet. Uh, no experience in the playoffs, so they're, I thought they both would kind of just be happy to be there, and it might be a, sort of a low-scoring uh, slug out. It was definitely not that. Um, another hard-fought effort by the Fish in, in Buffalo on Sunday, uh, very surprising to me. That's three times I, I picked Buffalo to, to put Miami down, and three times Miami uh, stood up to Buffalo against the spread. Uh, complete car wreck that couldn't turn you couldn't turn away from that was vikings and and, and buccaneers both of those losses uh just two teams were just completely going underwater and you couldn't stop watching because it was just like why what are, what are you doing what are, what's going on uh it's it hard to watch but at the same time it was kind of funny because we both 
think those teams are pretty fraudulent. So uh, I'm sure you were extremely, extremely happy to see Tommy uh, go down uh, Monday night. I was. Um, uh, and, and the Ravens were uh, a foot away, a foot Man. away from a, from a fourth quarter yeah, lead. You probably shouldn't have the quarterback try to jump it in from uh, like the eight-yard line or wherever he tried to jump that in from. <laughs> and they thought, thinking, thinking Snoop Huntley is Michael Jordan there. But, yeah, a little yeah. – little, I, I, I'm, of course, exaggerating. I think they had him trying to jump in from the two-yard. But still, that was, was just a long way to jump. Yeah, especially when you're not, you know, Stretch Armstrong, uh, Gumby, you know, one of these long. He's not the biggest guy either. Right, you're not one of these six five animatron quarterbacks. Right. uh, Yeah, that that turned out uh, uh, about as bad as as could possibly turn out. The only way it could have been worse if he'd got hurt on the play, I guess. Um, But they were that close. They they were going to be up in the fourth quarter and in position to to pull off a, a huge upset. Uh, even like we discussed a little bit, Seattle. Even the Seahawks gave uh, the Niners a, a game for about a half. Uh, they did. They were was, winning at halftime. It, it was very surprising to me, but yeah, uh, I, I, I probably was not expecting much uh, out of last weekend, and I got I got a lot more entertaining than I thought the, was that I, that we were going to get. So that was my best of the weekend. Okay, well that's fair enough. Yeah, just a better class of football, you know, and, and we we knew this was going to happen. But, just not having to watch those teams, you know, not having to watch the Colts and the Broncos and the, the Cardinals and, you know, the, some Texans. of these teams that, yeah, like the Titans, who were going to try to lose their eighth oh. game in a row. Oh. You know, just not having those teams around made made uh, made for a good watching experience. And I watched uh, – the only game I did not see was the Seattle-San Francisco game because I was at work for that one. Um, right. Uh, tomorrow I'll be at work for the first game, but I will be definitely. I mean, I was following along with the uh, with my app and listening to the game on the radio, so I'm starting you know, from about halftime on through. And then by the time I got home, the game was over. Right. So, uh, best of the week for me. I'm giving this one. We talk about the quality of play. I'm going to narrow that down specifically to what I just call the backups, because yeah. the, we. You know, Brock Purdy, Skylar Thompson, and Tyler Huntley, you know, two third-string uh, quarterbacks and, a, you know, a, probably going to end up being like a career backup type in, in Tyler Huntley. But they all acquitted themselves admirably. Uh, Purdy gets the win, uh, setting all kinds of records for, you know, like multiple touchdown games in a row to start his career. Skyler Thompson, who everybody, including us, had completely written off. And he earned it. He wasn't very good. But they had the right game plan against the Bills. Uh, the Bills were definitely generous, uh, giving Miami lots of opportunities. Josh Allen getting a little turnover happy again. It's just something that's just really you know, popping up here for the Bills this season has been how loose Josh Allen has been with the football to kind of help Miami into that position. Um, Boy, howdy! When, you, got, when you, you thought that thing was over was seventeen nothing, you're like, oh man, here, here, here. Mm. yeah, here we go. Uh, but Miami, uh, that's all three times they they gave the Bills uh, a fight, lost two of them really close, and then won that first one. So good for them. And and Tyler Huntley, I got to throw him in there too. Uh, you know, made that really nice uh, threw that real nice bomb uh, to. Uh, Tie, that was the one to tie the game up when you just thought that that team couldn't generate uh, any offense at all. 
Uh, he throws that 41-yard bomb to uh, Demarcus Robinson. Uh, you just was like, whoa, where'd that come from? <laughs> you know? And, uh, yeah, all three of those guys gave us compelling TV in, in what we've seen a lot of. And the reason I'm ho- highlighting that is because we've joked about it on this show and, and, and have highlighted over the years how bad some of this backup quarterback play can be in the wild card round specifically. And we were talking about that on the show last week. And all three of those guys uh, shut us up. Yeah, I can't say anything about uh, any of those guys because whatever uh, bad play that they turned in, to ultimately cost them the game. Uh, they were playing pretty good uh, up to those points and, and much better than a lot of us thought they would um, at the, you know, uh, in, a, in a manner, in an, in an attempt to not completely dance around uh, these categories and just keep repeating ourselves. Um, I'm, I, I, I'm honoring those those kids as well, those backups uh, with a different award later on. So I'll get more in depth yeah. uh, with, with with those performances uh, later. Uh, but yeah, we're we're you know only got six games to to choose from. So we talked about that a little bit last week. We're going to have a lot of overlap and a lot of uh, dancing around the same topics. So yeah, I, I'll be uh, highlighting those kids as well because they definitely uh, did more than I thought they uh, they were going to be capable of doing. Um, so to move on to my worst of the week, uh, where this is probably where we start to try to go a little left and be a little different and try to not have the exact same thing, but we might wind up with the same stuff anyway. The worst about the playoffs last week, about the wild card round, was uh, a pair of quarterback decisions that left everyone wondering, why would they do it? <laughs> I know one of them. <laughs> Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Why? Fourth and eight. Why? You, you, you're down seven. Vikes are down seven to the Giants. They're hosting New York. They're under two minutes to go. It's fourth and eight, and you have Justin Jefferson on your team. You know that, right? You got maybe the best wide receiver in football uh, on your team. He, he's, he's yours. You can – Put the ball up to him anytime you want and see if he can make a play. And a lot of times he's made the play. A lot think of back times. To that, think back to that Buffalo game. Yes. Yeah, just throw it up and, to him. That was a fourth and 16. I think that was fourth and twice as long. Just throw it up. He'll get it. Just throw it down there. Uh, not this time. Not in the wild card round. Uh, Cousins chooses to throw four yards to TJ Hawkinson. Uh, who was immediately wrapped up and tackled yeah, by was, Xavier McKinney. He was blanketed. Because he's covered. He threw to a he covered was completely receiver. covered. He didn't throw it up to anybody else down there past the, the marker. He decided, well, let me check down to this tight end so we can get in good position to go for this fifth down. At, wait, what? What? We, we don't – oh. Oh, I guess we don't get a, a fifth down. Why would you do that? Uh we discussed the other questionable decision. Why in the world did Tyler Huntley, Ravens at Bengals, try to stretch the ball from the – I think it was a one-yard stretch, but, you, again, you're not he, Justin Herbert. You're not Trevor Lawrence. You're not 6'6 and, and stretching yeah. everything out. And, uh, it, it's a 14-point it's a, it's a play. It's unbelievable. You're, you're right there. You're going to go in for the lead. And instead, you try to stretch the ball at the one, you get it knocked out of your hands, you know, like your Trevor Lawrence. Nope. Uh, 
Logan Wilson knocks it out, uh, picked up by Sam Hubbard, rumbles 98 the other way. 14-point play. You lose the seven you're about to go in for, and you give up the seven to the Bengals the other way. And that was the game. No other points were scored after that. That was it. Um, in fourth quarter, up seven, going up from up seven to down seven in the blink of an eye, that was the entire thing. It was And, and it was set up by a, a QB keeper or around the left end that got stopped short, you know, at the two-yard line, one-yard line, wherever it was, that I, I think somebody else, some other quarterback on your team might have taken that to the house. Usually a play like that where you're just running free around the left end and nobody's covering you, nobody knew you were out there. I'm thinking some other quarterback might have actually finished that off and taken it all the way, uh, but that's just kind of piling on uh, Lamar at this point, so I'll, I'll back off. That's fine, yeah. All right. Fair enough. So that was your worst of the week. It was, why? Why would yeah. you do that? Both yeah. of them. I, I actually, uh, you know, this is also one of those where I'm not picking all the things that are the obvious because I'm hoping that we'll each kind of like fill in for each other. So I didn't have anything for that 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 Kirk Cousins play or for the oh. uh, for the, you know the Tyler Huntley one. I won't necessarily call stupid. I'm, I'm guessing that was the play call. Oh, he I don't needs think he... to take that thing underneath or something. Yeah. Whatever the call is, he needs to know. Your yeah. little ass ain't going to stretch what that I'm thing all the do way is I'm going to jump in the air, and I'm just going to hold the ball right here. <laughs> and pray that it's over that... the line, which it wasn't anywhere close to over the line. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, why? yeah, it was close. And then you have I, – I didn't have a play for it either, but you have that guy, uh, the, whoever it was, I forget who the receiver was, who almost catches the deflection in the end zone. Uh, pro, oh, Prochet. Prochet, yeah, at the end of that, oh, just just the pain for the Ravens, yeah. who really tips away. Who played a, a great defensive game, you know, mm-hmm. and th- that defense trended up significantly after they traded for Roquan Smith, that uh, Cincinnati uh, offensive line is just complete Swiss cheese to the point where, where Joe Burrow was just, you know, either running for his life or just, you know, catch and throw. Yep, get rid of it. And uh, yeah, the Ravens had them. They they had them. I I, I knew I wasn't going to win that pick, but I'm thinking, wow, they're going to just win this thing straight up. They and, had a chance. They really had a chance to win it. It was it was right there. Uh, uh. That ball needed to go about another foot, maybe. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was game of inches, right? <sighs> yeah, it, it just. You know that thing is just hanging out there, and you know, and, and everybody's just standing there looking around. And Huntley's like, "Oh, it, it touched out!" No, no, that thing was no, that, that was that was never quite. a touchdown. No, it was a touchdown. <laughs> uh, Ninety-nine and a half yards the other way, it was a touchdown. Yeah. So he was he was also correct. We're gonna take the ball and we're gonna score. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I'm going for my worst of the week. To well, I mean. I don't even know where to put all of this one for, for I would say San Diego for the for the Clipper Chargers for <laughs> for that meltdown. Um, obviously, sort of the poster boy for worst of the week was going to be Joey Bosa for the you know throwing the helmet and ranting and raving and, and and getting all and getting the penalties and just basically em, embodying a team that's losing their shit because that's what the Chargers were. They were 
completely outclassed in the second half of that game. Uh, every opportunity that they had to put it away, they just couldn't do it. They're making dumb penalties. They're missing field goals. They're, I don't know what their offensive play calling was in the second half of that game. If you can remember anything from any of the Chargers' drives after halftime, you're, you're, you've got a better memory than I do. Um, that was completely uninspired, what they were doing. And then the Jags just kept chipping away and, and fighting their confidence. They went back to the running game, which is usually what you don't see a team do down 27, where they had abandoned the running game in the first half and then rediscovered it in the second half. Uh, took a little bit of the pressure off of Trevor Lawrence. But, yeah, the, that, that collapse, that coach, my, my favorite, my X Factor, I'm, that, I'm surprised he's not the worst of the week. That te- just the whole environment, but yeah, like I said, I'm giving it to, to Joey Bosa because he he really yeah. is what you're. He, like I said, he's the poster child now for that collapse in a season of utter collapses like you've never seen before. One after the next, we have the the biggest comeback of all time. You have you know the, the Colts doing their meltdowns, every just all these meltdowns that you've had and all these comebacks. You get one like that, third biggest playoff comeback in history. Uh, Jags hold the Chargers to three points in the second half and uh, take it down to the wire. But th- that it never you – know, when you have that kind of a lead and it's in that kind of environment, you can't just go in. They just went into a shell, and they lost their marbles. It, it was a bad look all around, and, uh, yeah, that's the worst of the week. And Bosa being the poster child for it, too. Uh, you knew when he got that personal foul for flinging his helmet uh, yep. for the Jags to take it from the two to the one to take to go for two. You knew they were going to get that because it's just I, that's how the second half was reached, going. You just reached a point towards, I don't know, maybe the middle or so of that comeback where you're just like, oh, this is happening. Yeah, they're going to win it. They're going to take this. This is happening. This this is yep. this is going to happen. Yeah, so it's a one yard penalty, <laughs> but Trevor Lawrence does what Tyler Huntley could not, mm-hmm. and uh, he's also a much bigger guy. Uh, jumps yeah. that thing over. Jumps that thing over, and then all. And now you've got that. Oh, okay. Now we can win this with a field goal. It's like crazy. Just absolutely insane. And then they and then wouldn't you know they do it and the Chargers had no answers. They they that Dicker the kicker misses the field goal that probably oh, ices that thing. Everything, field goal, yeah. everything that could have gone wrong for the Chargers in that second half that didn't go wrong for them in the first happened. It sure did. We're going to keep things uh, in order. I don't know if you agree with the format, but we're just going to go down with our awards uh, one by one because yeah. I can yeah, we jump will have around. have a lot of duplication here. It, we will. I definitely am covering that game. I'm definitely covering uh, Joey Bosa. <laughs> uh, that, so what's your that, smartest that's... of the week? I'm guessing it's not that game or Joey Bosa. <laughs> as, as a teaser, those are those are coming up later, so stay tuned. My smartest part of Wild Card Weekend, the smartest to me, oh, it is that game. Uh, oh, Jags, okay. Jags, fourth and inches sneak. No, wait, is it, it, not a sneak. Man, that's Travis Etienne. Speedy that around the right edge. 
That oh. was a beautiful play. Gorgeous. The the whole setup too. Uh, 25-yard gain to set up the Riley Patterson 36-yard game-winning field goal, which also barely made it in. That was it also did. almost a chunk. That thing hooked around the crossbar. He sliced that thing bad. <laughs> he sliced that thing terrible. It barely uh, kept in. Uh, what, what a brilliant uh, adjustment. So uh, is Doug, I'm, I'm giving the credit to Doug Peterson, uh, his, his offensive coordinator, Press Taylor, um, and then I read in Peter King's column, Football Morning in America, that uh, he talked to Doug Peterson afterwards, and Peterson actually gave the credit to the uh, the offensive line coach, Bill Rauscher. So uh, whosever idea it was to put those three backs or tight ends, whoever it was, in the backfield to make the uh, San Diego Clipper Chargers think, oh, they're going to sneak this, and they're going to have all these guys run up Trevor Lawrence's ass and try to push him across for the first down. That's exactly what the formation looked like. That's what the Chargers thought they saw. And it was a adjustment because they saw LA bunched getting ready to yeah. stop the sneak, called timeout and set that up and set up to where it looked like, Oh, it's definitely going to be a sneak when they came back out with all those big running backs in the backfield. Uh, and, and whoops, Nope, not a sneak ETN. Uh, runs it around, just brilliant play call to put them in, in the perfect position yeah. uh, to kick the game-winning field goal. I love that call. I love the adjustment, and, and that's a perfect example of the other side. of You got the uh, L.A. Chargers side, everything breaking down, everyone losing their shit, and on the Jacksonville side, you got Doug Peterson there uh, staying calm, staying the course, uh, showing you what a veteran coach is supposed to do. I'm guessing Urban Meyer wouldn't have stayed so cool if he was down uh, 27 nothing. <laughs> you know, one of my one of my first ever, maybe my very first ever coaching X factors. I nailed it. <laughs> oh, that poor kid. Yeah, your boy. Yes. You, uh, you actually the, the go back and watch the, big. the replay. Yes, you go back and watch that replay. You actually see the oh shit moment for Khalil Mack <laughs> on that play. Uh, yeah. When when they give Etn the ball and and Mack just gets like completely like oh you know you can see mm-hmm. he recognizes what happened and he did not ha- you know he did not have that speed to get to the edge and Etn just he hit the corner and just slammed that thing up the field and he was just gone. That was ball game right there. You just knew it was, it was ball game right yep. there. No, oh, brilliant play. Because they were uh, thinking about a long field goal at that point. Uh, it was going to be yeah. too long. Uh, but they were close enough to, to where they were, they were considering it. But now once that run, you know, 25 extra yards to get them uh, as close as they got there, yeah, then it's a no-brainer. Like, oh, yep, that, that's, a, that's a slam dunk for that kick. Uh, although, as we turned out, uh, it it wasn't slam dunk slam kicks dunk. were not. Yeah. Uh, all, none of those kicks were slam dunks, as it turned out last weekend. Uh, but the smartest uh, for you for Wild Card Weekend. I, I, I hate to give credit to some to some of these people sometimes, but I'm going to give this one to Dan Quinn um, and the Cowboys defense. Who, you know, we knew. I, I said when I picked this game that I expected Tom Brady was going to put the ball up in the air. 60 times, but holy shit, 66 pass attempts. The, the Cowboys <laughs> yeah. turned Tommy and the Bucks completely one-dimensional. There there was virtually no ground game. I believe the Bucks only ran the ball 12 times for the entire game. 
and you've got 49 whatever year old Tommy back there <laughs> who throws it 66 times and in all those 66 attempts he compiled a hell of a stat line but he only averaged 5.3 yards per attempt in that game shit for him that's a lot he was yeah that's like <laughs> double like one um, over his average was, this season he was harassed. He was confused. He, he he did. He was definitely not on his best when they did have plays there. They weren't happening. There were drops. I'm not even counting that drop at the end. Everybody's oh, Mike Evans catches. No, they're not coming back. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. I mean, it would have would have helped my DFS lineup since I had Mike Evans and Tommy in one of my lineups, but that's about all it would have helped. So. I hate I hate to give credit to to Mike McCarthy or Dan Quinn because they have been my bane for many years, yeah. but uh, they they earned it on this one. They they really put their foot on the throats of the Bucks. Clearly, they were the better team, and no Tommy Magic was pulling this one out. Oh no! Uh, of course, you're always afraid of that because that seemed like this year that's the only time Tommy was a threat was later in the game at the end of the yeah. first quarter. Uh, but no, this one they, it, it was it was too far gone. Um, I'm happy that I nailed that one where I said that you know trusting Tommy over Dak might be the play, but no, I'm going to trust the Cowboys defense over Tommy because yeah. that's how you beat Tom Brady. But keep busting the fucking out and keep busting them and keep busting them and don't let them breathe. Don't let up, don't let up at all. Um, and that's exactly what the Cowboys did. So yeah, good, good on Dallas. They can they can turn in outings like that. We never dispute the the talent we never dispute the the potential to be a very very good team and and uh, even a threat to win the title it's just somewhere along the way we know they're going to slip on the banana peel we just don't know where but uh not monday night what's your stupidest of the week now we get to joey bosa <laughs> you <laughs> your big <boy>. dumb no. <laughs> <laughs> my god no. What a huge assist to that big comeback. There's a lot of factors in that comeback. Bosa is part of it. Uh, he wasn't all of it, believe me. But he's a big, huge assist. He's a big part of blowing a gasket at the referees, throwing his helmet uh, after yeah. a, a Jags touchdown made it 30-26 to 26 with five and a half minutes left. Uh, Bosa clearly thought there was a, a false start penalty that should have been called and uh, – was still barking with the refs and basically pulling a Russell Westbrook act and just the play's been over for 16 minutes. Let it go. Just shut the fuck up and keep playing. Uh, but he couldn't let it go. And he's still bitching and moaning that that flag, uh, as I already described, gave Jacksonville the choice of the uh, extra yardage on the kickoff or put the ball at the one yard line and go for two. Uh, that, that's some, that's some balls. That's some balls by Doug Peterson to, to put it, on the one and go for two, uh, when you got that long limb quarterback like Trevor Lawrence, you can just reach it over. Uh, that made it a great call. Um, and that point wound up, of course, being the difference in the game. So you can go directly back to Joey Bosa doing that. Um, just not uh, not the best moment, not the most professional moment uh, of Nick Bosa's career. Um, just he had an offsides as well that killed a, a blitz sack that the uh, the, that the Chargers had that could have stopped that Jacksonville momentum, um, let the Jags drive for a touchdown to get within two scores. So that was early in the comeback, probably back when the Chargers didn't think there was any chance in hell they were losing that game because, again, they were up 27 to nothing uh, yeah. before a uh, late first-half touchdown uh, made it 27-7. to seven. But, yeah, uh, 
not, not a smart night at all by Joey Bosa. Just uh, those penalties were huge. Uh, it, it, there was a lot of things that went in it. Again, uh, Chargers pass protection was part of it. Terrible uh, Chargers run D, which was not a surprise because they have been terrible and, and continue to be terrible. Uh, so you give the credit to Doug Peterson. You give the credit to the uh, intelligent offense. But you got to give the blame where the blame is due. And Joey Bosa being very dumb was a huge part of that to come back. Yes. I don't know if you caught it on the replay, but he slams the helmet down. Brandon Can he pick Staley it up and slam it picks again? Picks it up. Brandon Staley, his head coach, oh. picked up his helmet, handed it back to him, and he threw it again. And he slammed it again. You. After dumb his head coach. After the head coach just picked up your hat and gave it back to you, your reaction is, slam it down again. Nice. Yeah, no, that's cherry on the shit Sunday right there. Be a little, stop stop being a little bitch. Just go back to the sideline. You big dummy. Oh, Uh, man. Yeah, I saw the part of him slamming it down twice. I didn't realize that his coach had handed it to him. His coach, his head coach picked it up off the ground and gave it back to him. He grabs it back from Staley and slams it down on the ground again. So that goes to uh, respect uh, as part of that comeback, the lack of respect of the coach, because Bill Belichick is not – you're not getting your helmet back from Bill Belichick and slamming it down again at his feet. You're not doing that. But but that kid, just not getting the respect. And and, kind of doesn't deserve it, especially after allowing a comeback like that. Uh, well, you're you're dumbest of, of wildcard weekend. I, I'm I'm staying in this game. No, we are just killing this game. It, it was quite the game. Are, it was. I'm not killing great, this game. I am TV. killing. I am killing <laughs> a certain unnamed individual that did something during this game. Okay. Because to to you and I, you ask most common people, eleven thousand two hundred dollars is a lot of money. However, when the Chargers were up 27 to nothing, somebody live bet on DraftKings $1.4 million that the Chargers were going to win. As, I saw you do the Austin Powers when you said that. Million $1.4 million <laughs> to pay uh-huh. out $11,200. <laughs> Ends up that. costing them <laughs> $1.4 million. This is confirmed. DraftKings Live, that they this is completely confirmed. Ooh. This actually happened at the 27 to nothing point. Somebody threw down $1.4 million to win $11,200. Lost all of it. I saw that. There's a great catch by you. I saw that when that happened. So... You know, so I'm staying in the game, but completely off the field. Person, I don't know who you are. I wish I had $1.4 million to burn like you did. But, I, I mean, this puts you to shame. I Man, I never could imagine if I had my hands on $1.4 million to try to put that down, trying to man, win 11 game, grand. This game's, man, this game's over. over. <laughs> I'm just putting it off, man. The house. I'm putting everything on the Chargers, man. Because well, what am I going to win? Eleven grand. That's the easiest eleven grand I'm ever going to make. 
That's the easiest money to want. Honey, liquidate that crypto. I got the surest bet ever right now. Give me all of that money. Liquidate everything. This is the easiest money you could ever. Oh. <sighs> yes, so, Rand- Rando Degenerate Gambler, whoever yes, you are. We don't know who you are, but we salute you. Um, <laughs> but you are the stupidest of the week. Yes, yes, you are. And and uh, only thing I can hope is I, I hope you have enough fuck you money that that didn't just <laughs> completely cripple you. I really hope that you have well, that That's much the money. moment, though. That's the moment you decide. Yeah, that's the moment you need to put this down pro- a million. This person probably get, this probably they probably put another million on the thirty-three to nothing Colts. Oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, what are you doing? Uh, or they kept chasing as the uh, the score kept getting closer and closer. They're not going to blow this game. They're not going to blow oh. this game, honey. Liquidate some more. Give me another five hundred grand. That's right. They are Sell not the Lambo. This thing. <laughs> your your mother, uh, the only live listener we have, and we love her very much, uh, sent me a Facebook message and says it was the team owner. <laughs> that oh, would be man. hilarious. The, the, whoever the Clipper Chargers owner is, that the Spanoses. <laughs> that was Bernie Kosar. Watch out. Uh, it, it couldn't. It couldn't be the. Chargers owner couldn't be the Spanos. They're too cheap. They don't They're play their cheap. players as it is. <laughs> no, or they we, we really know it wasn't that eleven grand. Oh my god! Uh, yes, great call by you. I, I saw that. I think Darren Ravel tweeted it when it happened, and he had he had the receipts. He had the screenshot of it, and yep, yeah. it, it was legit. It was absolutely legit. So, yeah, that was pretty dumb. Of all the dumb things this weekend, that that was absolutely pretty dumb. All right, the surprise of the week. Do I stay with that game or do I go somewhere else? Does, yeah, we uh, can't this give is... every award. <laughs> all, I mean, that's where all that's where that's where the action was. But yeah, that's where the drama was. That's for sure. I actually am I am out of that game now completely. Okay. So I'm almost completely tangentially part of this game. No, but I'm 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 out of this game. So. Uh, so my surprise of Wildcard Weekend. This is where I give the uh, the props to the uh, the. QBs, not I, I call them not in the upper echelon QBs having their moments. So oh, it's not just sure. so for that it's not just the backups. Then I'll I'll add in old guy Geno Smith, who I specifically said the reason I'm one of the reasons I'm taking the Niners over the Seahawks is I don't see Geno Smith having this big time connection to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and all those guys. Yeah. And uh, Geno had quite the connection to DK Metcalf, uh, specifically on third and two, just toasting Charvarius uh, Ward. Uh, very yeah. well done. Uh, you know, Gino had his, his ups, and, ups and downs as he did and uh, as he did all year and wound up uh, losing it at the end and losing the spread. But he did have his moments. He absolutely had some moments that uh, shocked me that uh, he had more. Uh, again, they had to lead at the half. Uh, There's a lot more air offense from the Seahawks than I, than I thought it was going to be. But he got beat by the kid, Brock Purdy. He, and you know what? He forced some balls. Uh, Gino forced some balls. They they both had their moments there. But then uh, Brock Purdy had a, a had a hell of a game going forward. Uh, big time plays, uh, big numbers for especially for a kid in his position. Uh, uh, I was about to say undra- undrafted rookie, but famously he was drafted uh, dead last, uh, Mister Irrelevant. Um, but but he had his his moments for the Niners. That, again, that system. Um, 
there's a hell of a system, but the kid uh, is making it work and, and, and having success, and he, he just keeps going, hasn't lost. Kid still has not lost a game uh, in the NFL, which is quite amazing. Skyler Thompson was quite amazing. Uh, he, he matched project in, in stupid throws in that uh, Bills-Dolphins game, but he also matched him in big-time throws. Um, and he had some throws dropped. It could have been even better for, for Skyler Thompson. He was absolutely shocking, some of the throws that he was making out there. He he went for it. He put it all on the line, and uh, he, he made the Dolphins a much tougher out than I thought they were going to be. Um, and then, of course, uh, you know, Danny Dimes, uh, I, I throw him in there because just because of the stat line, when you talk about 301 through the air with two TDs and then runs for 78 on top of that and uh, first quarterback to ever pull that off uh, for the, to go for 302 throwing TDs and 70 yards rushing in the same game. For Of all the great quarterbacks in history, he's the first one to ever do that. Danny Dimes. And you know what that is? That's Project Junior. That's what Brian Dable's been going for all this time. And Danny Dimes uh, picked the wild card weekend, picked that stage to pull it out. And good on him. Uh, absolutely surprising. Um, of course, going to surprise me because I picked Minnesota. But, hey, give him all the credit in the world for, for pulling that off. Um, I wish he would have did it against a real defense, so I could have had a real sense of what that was. But, you know, you play who, who's in front of you. You can't help that. Um, and then gutsy outing by, by Snoop Hudley. Absolutely uh, gutsy attempt to win that game. Uh, he, he, you know, he, he's not that good. He knows he's not that good, but he did what he could. Um, that that home run ball to Demarcus Robinson you talked about. I, I also uh, uh, wrote that down and, and highlighted that because that was that was that sluggo. That's what I was talking about in some some of these other games. Is you, you need some uh, you know some some stopping goals, some sluggos, some some routes to disrupt the the, the cornerbacks and, and fool them. And uh, you got the cornerback to disrupt there. You got Eli Apple, and he just toasted him, uh, left him in the dust with that touchdown, uh, made that a, a, a tie game, I believe, at that point. And then yeah, that was your that was seventeen seventeen at that point. And then ready to to go in and, and give him the lead. Uh, that 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 ill-advised stretch play again. I, if that was the play call, uh, the moment that ball is snapped, you need to change it in your mind and say, "I'm not stretching this thing. I'm going under." <laughs> Sorry, Coach. This is where I got to make a, a decision and, and take this thing underground and see if I can get in that way. Uh, but still, great effort. Uh, I, I still think you know, Lamar, get, Lamar takes that home, but uh, was not meant to be. But uh, that was; those are all surprising efforts to me by those kids. Yeah, and I, for my surprise of the week, I'm going to highlight one of those players that you just talked about. I'm talking about Danny Dimes. Um, yeah, he he took the game over. I, I they all the designed runs. It wasn't just he wasn't just taken off. You know, it, it wasn't something where all oh, the first reads not there, and I'm just going to dance around, dance around, and I'm going to go. They were calling designed runs. Somebody saw something that the Vikings were going to be susceptible to. This the Vikings are susceptible to a lot. Oh yeah, their defense is pretty awful. And I did not see that stat line coming for Danny Dimes. You know, like you already gave the stats. I had it all up here on the screen ready to give them, but you took them from me. But, yeah, to, to go for over 300, to throw the two touchdowns, to be the leading rusher, but not, 
you know, running for his life leading rusher, right? This right. wasn't this wasn't all oh, the pockets collapsing and I'm going to take off. You know, because they they lost contain on me. No, these were these were designed runs. There was a sequence in that might have been in the second quarter when they when you clearly knew all oh, the Giants are here. They're they're playing where he was just running the ball on every play. And he had a really long run, and then on the next play, they called another designed run. <laughs> like you even, you, you actually felt bad for Danny, <laughs> Daniel Jones at that point. Like give the guy a break. You've got, you've got Saquon Barkley. <laughs> give, give him a rest. You have to send him the backup <laughs> to give the starter a breather. You're running him so much, but yeah, that to me, um, I and you know, I can't say it was a total surprise. I had the Giants. I thought the Giants could win. I didn't have them winning like that. I, I didn't yeah. have. I, I did not anticipate that Daniel Jones was just going to completely take over the game and sort of be the story coming out of that game. No, it was uh, definitely a surprise to me. Um, I wondered if he had that kind of effort in him. I saw everything that Dabo was trying to do with him uh, early in the season. Um, I saw it go along and, and get a little less effective as the season went. I was like, well, maybe he tried and failed to, to sort of do the junior project thing. Um, and then he brings it out in this game. Again, my whole concern with it is it was against the Vikings. So what did we really learn? Or right. did, you know, How can we extrapolate that going forward? Because uh, I don't know if anyone thinks that Danny Dimes is going to pull anything like this out again, but we, we don't know. How do we know? Oh. And, and I will again here uh, pop my arm out of my socket, pat myself <laughs> on the back um, for going with my Isaiah Hodgins X Factor. Yeah, they they needed a kid too to come forward in that he was, terrible he was receiving the, core. He, he was the man in that yeah. game. Uh, led them in receiving, uh, went over a hundred yards, a touchdown. I was, it was it, every time he caught the ball, it was the smile coming up <laughs> on my face like. There's my guy. There's my There's my guy. There's my guy. Uh, uh, so going from there to uh, to letdowns of, of Wild Card yeah. Weekend. Boy, there's a lot, lot of directions we can go here, huh? Yeah. Uh, so the Bills were, were handling the Dolphins, I think, in the first half, uh, the way they were supposed to. And then the Project Loose Ball Parade began. Dude, kid, why? What, what are you doing? You keep throwing these balls that don't need to be thrown. It's just unnecessary plays, unnecessarily being uh, uh, careless with the football. Xavier Howard, INT in the second quarter, Bills were up 17-3 to three at that point, and that just kind of turned the game around. Uh, led to uh, Javon Holland. Uh, that led to a field goal. Uh, then Javon Holland had an INT. They're up 17-9. At that point, that led to a touchdown plus a two-point conversion to tie the game. First play for Buffalo in the second half, Project coughs it up for Zach Sealer to pick it up and run it in and give the Dolphins the lead. And uh, as somebody who's sitting there with money on the bills uh, with the point spread, um, I was kind of sick to my stomach, like, y'all are not the the better team out here, the Dolphins, and y'all got the lead right now? Are you fucking kidding me with this? Uh, That was a big letdown. Again, third time the bills uh, let the Dolphins hang around and, and cover the number. Um, I, I guess the Dolphins are just tougher than, than I gave them credit for. I know their uh, front line, their, their front four was a lot tougher and a lot better than I gave them credit for. So 
I guess I have to watch that blind spot next year when I'm picking Dolphins games. They they low key got a really good uh, pass rush and get a lot of a lot of pressure with those guys. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and that that makes a, that makes a big difference. But uh, the Bills let me down uh, again because I, again I thought they should have turned in a lot more uh, a lot better performance than this. They I've, I've actually lost quite a bit of money on uh, Bills versus Dolphins this year. Well, and so and you just got these teams sometimes you know they're they're division rivals. Where you just got each other's number, you know. We talk about the the Falcons and the Saints that are destined to always play a field goal game. Well, yeah. here, here we go. We we might have a, a you know the AFC version of that now with the Bills and the Dolphins. Like no matter what's going on with these teams, or or if their third stringer is playing, or if it's the playoffs or regular season or hundred degree heat, they're just destined to play a field goal game. I still don't think they're on the Bills level. I'm sorry. That, no. I not not even close. All those turnovers, all the sloppy play, the Bills still beat them. Yeah. Uh, don't don't understand how how they even keep yeah. them close. Uh, so you're you're let down of the weekend. You know, you've alluded to it. You, you've sort of thrown the hints in there. It, it done what is my letdown of the week, which is all the subtle digs that were taken this week at the expense of Tyler Huntley. Uh, not by you, but by the teammates, especially, talking oh, yeah. about, well, that was Lamar. We would, first of all, <laughs> we don't know that. We've seen Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. Hmm. That's a completely different story. That 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 that's bad in its own right. But you don't know what the game script is going to be. Yes, if Lamar Jackson was running the ball on that one play, he probably gets the ball in, or that other play. But that's a completely different game. They have a completely different season. I, I understand that these players, they want to lobby for their guy and they want the Ravens to give him the money and he's their teammate. He's the quarterback, you know. That's but right. don't do it at the expense of Tyler Huntley who, who really laid it all out there. And, you know, he tried. And he's still your teammate. So I didn't like that. I, I, I understand that you're doing it to negotiate through the media and to prop up your guy. But, you know, don't just be going out there and saying – Oh, we would have won if we had him, you know. I seem to remember Marlon Humphrey in previous seasons saying quite the opposite after some of those Lamar Jackson early playoff exits. Um, so yes, it can work both ways, but don't be don't throw one guy under the bus and then back him, you know, back it over him and then roll it over him again, trying to help your guy get his money. Yeah. My team, my quarterback. Well, I don't think it's just uh, backing up your your guy trying to get him his bag. I I think they really do think in that moment, uh, in the heat of the moment after the game, man, if Lamar was running out there, we'd have won that damn game. Uh, we were that close. I, they I were that close. Legit. But they but they were also that close with the backup. But yeah, that's, that's they true. were a foot away. And yes, Lamar Jackson on that play. But does Lamar Jackson drop? Drop that ball in? Does he throw that 40-yarder? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But we'll never know. And that's the we'll whole point. Know. Is it, It's okay to lobby for your guy and, and to have the emotions. But when you say stuff like that, you do kind of undermine the effort of the guy who almost beat the other team. I, I understand that. Um, I, I think there's a lot of stuff that gets uh, said in the heat of the, of the moment after the games that a lot of guys would probably want to take back later. Um, they haven't continued that on uh, as the week goes on. It, you know, as this week went on, I haven't heard anything 
uh, from the Ravens yeah. still going on and on about it. So I, I think that was just kind of after the game. That's that's how they felt, and they, that's what they were kind of venting to the to the reporters. Uh, but yeah, um, you, you you do take away from from what uh, Tyler Huntley did. But I, I I guess I see both both sides. I think it's it's also true that um, if you have Lamar and his playmaking ability, probably uh, gets that thing in. And we don't have to worry about stretching the ball over the the one yard, you know, going one yard for the for the touchdown. Correct. But and again, if Lamar Jackson starts that game, nothing is not you know there we, we, there no point where we'll be able to pinpoint a play or any moment because it's a completely different game if Lamar Jackson's playing that game. Sure. Uh, so that's your letdown. Uh, oh, time to time to get to Joe. Boy, well, is there some some people to choose from here? Struggling. Uh, I, I think the obvious one for all of us would be uh, the same thing. So I'm going to go in a different direction. We're trying to be smart. Trying to. Uh, I didn't not, pick it either, so we might as well be... bring it up. I'm assuming you're talking about <laughs> Brett Maher. Uh, yes, uh, that would be the obvious struggling. I would think. Yeah. Um, but I'm going with uh, Tommy and uh, and Byron Leftwich and, and that Buccaneers mm-hmm. offense. Woo! It got him fired. <laughs> a lot of a lot of coaches got fired. This was a record for assistant coaches getting fired yeah. after a playoff weekend. They didn't. They uh, they didn't want to fire the head coach, so we're just gonna lay waste to all the coordinators. Yeah, all the deflector shields just bing 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 bing. All these guys. The head coach is throwing all these guys in front of them and saying, okay, you're going to take this bullet for me because next year if this happens, I'm taking the big bullet. So until that happens, uh, so, yeah, uh, Todd Bowles gets that deflector, deflector shield and Byron Leftwich gets him kicked out of there. You know, ultimately everyone, I think, knew the Tampa Bay offense was impotent, right? But, uh, you know, without establishing the run, they, they couldn't run the ball. Tommy is just, you know, taking over basically once the ball gets snapped and saying, whatever the play call is, I'm going to drop back two steps and throw it because I'm not getting hit because I'm 45 years old. I don't feel like getting my ass kicked. Uh, and the, the, their answer to their offense struggling so hard, uh, as you already pointed out, was 12 rushing attempts to 66 Tommy throws. That's not the answer. That's no. absolutely not the answer. Whatever the question is, that's not the On what planet did they think that was going to beat the Cowboys? I'm sorry. That was – that was just crazy. Um, so that's my nice, uh, and they're both struggling to, to start the game. The Cowboys and the Bucks, the, the two uh, slow starting offenses, uh, kind of felt around in the dark for the light switch uh, until Dak finally hit Dalton Schultz down the right hash for the uh, for the touchdown, and that jump started the Cowboys and and the Buccaneers did not follow did not follow suit. Um, you know they had a double move in there. Uh, Tommy double pumped uh, to, to Chris Godwin. Uh, he, so he did. They did have something set up for that aggressive cowboy secondary, but then he throws a, a ugly ass interception in the end zone. And it's like, well, it's well, you know, what are you going to do? They, they made a big deal about that was the first red zone, you know, int for Tommy in so long, um, or maybe forever in the playoffs, maybe the first one ever. Uh, and, and he deserved to get excoriated for it. It was a terrible interception. Like he, he, I think he looked like to one. Uh, progression and then maybe a second and then just finally, ah, fuck it, I just throw it over here to this guy that's on the Cowboys. Uh, maybe he was trying to throw it away, I don't know, but it was it was bad and it, it just got worse from there. Uh, so that that's my struggling is that offense. Uh, again, that was the worst game of, of the weekend of, of all six, and that's that's the reason why I think is because they it's not like the Cowboys just had a you know 
balls to the wall offense themselves and put up, you know, six or seven touchdowns. The Buccaneers could have, you know, been in that game and had an actual shot at it if they had a semblance of an offense on the field, but they didn't. Yeah, and I'm glad they're gone. <laughs> yes. We we know you're glad Tommy's out. Yes. Uh, so so you're Joe struggling. Um, last couple of weeks I gave it to the league. This week, even though we did not have any ref ball this week, I'm still giving this one to the refs because I came out of Wild Card Weekend with one big question on my mind, and that question is. Holy shit, do they not call false starts and offsides anymore? <laughs> and it wasn't just one game, it was every game. There's guys, I mean, there's there's offensive linemen that are jumping really, I understand, I mean, Joey Bosa lost his mind, but I understood why he was upset. But that wasn't just on that play, it was happening across every game, and I'm watching these games, watching these end linemen jumping up way before the snap. I'm watching D linemen lining up in the neutral zone or it's just straight coming across the line. Uh, must be really well-timed, but <laughs> I don't. To me, that was there was some struggling going on there because I came out of that weekend completely wondering, is this like the traveling of the NFL now where – yeah, they're we're just not, not going to call, call it anymore. They're not yeah. going to call it, but every once in a while they'll call one. Just, just so you know, you know, <laughs> trying to keep you honest. Yeah, but it's or or it's but, just got to be so bad. It's got to be so egregious. Like, wow, we have to. Sorry, <laughs> we had to call this one. Um, but you you, you laughed, so you must have. Yeah, you must have noticed that somewhere in the brain too. That like, what's going on here? They're not. These guys are all jumping early, and I was just left confused by the whole thing. What I laughed at was one of these games. And my, uh, so did you, you did you do the Manning cast again for Monday night, or were you with the the regular I, broadcast? I did when I was one because I had, you know, obviously that one also. I had part work and part watching the game, but okay. because it was ESPN, I did manage to. to it's like oh fuck. You know, it's Troy and, <laughs> and Joe. So I did go over to the Manning cast on that one for a while. One of those games, and it might have been that Monday night one, whoever the uh, official in the booth is, whoever the former referee is in the booth, Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you had heard this, it was getting so bad that he had to break it down and, and make up an explanation on the fly, which is a complete yeah. lie, why they don't call some of the false starts. Well, if it's within a certain beat of uh, the, the ball getting snapped, then we allow it. What the hell are you talking about? No, you that's, like how they, that's how like they don't call delay of game, even though the thing's on double zero. Well, because the mechanism is we look at the clock hit zero, then we have to look down at the ball, then we have to look back up at the clock to verify that it's at zero, then we have to come back and look back at the ball, and if it, at that point it hasn't been snapped, then we yes. can call a delay of game. No, but... I, I don't know if it was the Monday night game, but one, yeah, one of the guys who they bring in was definitely creating some new NFL rules. Like somebody who has the rule book was sitting there like furiously writing <laughs> to to add to that rule book so so that they could you know make it look kosher for what they were doing. They were like scribbling notes on the bill as they try to pass it in the law at the 11:59 that night. It was like a, yep. a 
con- uh, congressional session all over again. It was it was bad. Like they were just making up shit trying to justify some yeah. of this. But just call it what it is. Like they 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 missed the false start because they they missed it. I mean, is it? But they just that's the, they didn't just miss it. It was over and over yeah. and over to the point where both you know, and I saw it even were with defensive players jumping. Yeah, I mean, jumping. there was at one point they called somebody for lining up in the neutral zone, and it's like hey, maybe you kind of like get this certain angle and you can see it, and then a few plays later, there's a dude like all the way across the line, <laughs> and they didn't call it. It's like, oh, okay. That was the Joey Bosa one that set him off. Like his foot wasn't across uh, in Some, the neutral yeah, zone, but but his helmet really, was leaning over it, and yeah. therefore. Yeah. And I saw, I saw, and of course that puts it on your radar. And as I'm watching the games, there were so many that were yeah. way worse than just that. So yeah, it, officials, uh, not not no, not necessarily ref ball, but definitely some struggling going on there as far as what is what you would think would be the simplest calls false starts and offsides um they're just not calling it apparently yeah they got six or seven people down there on the field like you would think one of them would see that but but i'll tell you what wasn't struggling i don't have an award for it i doubt you do because your next one really wouldn't pertain to this but the um maybe i got like five daniels lined up here but the eye in the sky thing that they're this referee assist no i don't have anything for that but i I like that I loved it, where there were, like, all these blown... <laughs> think about how many blown calls we were saved. Oh, man. You know, or and guys being many... down, or the ball was clearly out. How many refs, yep. how many uh, coaches' challenges got saved? Because they're just right. blowing obvious stuff. And then all of a sudden, the refs... Uh, well, after discussion... Yeah, after discussion with a dude watching this <laughs> on TV... No, he's not lying. After discussion by somebody discussion. in New York in my ear telling me, Hey, dumb yeah. fuck. That's not a penalty. Another Pick one. that flag up. That ball was out. Oh, uh, the ball was out. <laughs> Upon further review, we need further we need review. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I loved it, too. Uh, I, think about I like all it. the time it, saved. Uh, while we sort yeah. through this, let's go to yet another commercial break. Uh, that we didn't have to go through all that. Yeah, I, that, that's beautiful. I, that, I absolutely love that. It's, it's getting closer to what I was imagining replay could be, which is in tennis, where it takes them literally, you know, 10 seconds to determine right. whether a ball is in or out. And you really don't have to dicker around like, like they do in football. It could really be that easily determined if they want to do that. But there's I, too much money involved in, in putting all these extra ads in there so they – they don't do something like that. That's pretty I much still want to know how we're not at the point yet where we just have a damn microchip in the football so we know exactly if the ball yeah. got yeah. to a it's, certain it's, point or not, you know? It's got to be coming. It's got to be uh, somewhere down the line. I, I, but I don't think that's as easy as people say as as, as well. Cause no, you're, you're talking, I know. You're talking about the ends of the football and the very edges of it. Because right. in the middle doesn't really matter. If you put the chip in the middle of the ball, that doesn't answer whether the tip of the ball broke the plane of this or that. Well, if you uh, put you need it in something... the absolute center of the ball, I, I would assume a football is a uniform size. <laughs> you would be able to figure out you know, rough dimensions. and There's a lot of variables in play here, but, you know, we still leave this up to dudes walking around with chain links. I was told there would be no math. I don't, I don't know anything about the science behind it, how <laughs> easy or hard it is. So you've got a uh, whole bunch of Daniels, huh? Yeah, I'll, I'll try to uh, not take up all the rest of our time. I'll try to make it uh, rapid fire. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
because there's literally something in every game that made me say that. So that's why I got oh, okay. all, all See, of it. I did, not go, in, I did not go that far. In, in every single game, the, in, the, in the Seattle San Fran game, the first two Seattle third downs were short yardage, right? And here's what they, cho- they chose in those short yardage situations. Geno Smith, a long bomb, but there was nobody open and he got sacked. And then Geno option keeper, which got swallowed up by Tayshawn Gibson. What? What the fuck? What are you doing? Uh, you, you know you got Kenneth Walker there, right? You know he's been pretty good. You might want to go that direct. Like, what the fuck? Um, that oh that Chargers uh, uh, Jaguars game. Oh my god, that that whole that game. Whole, that whole game was a what the fuck. Yes, yeah, so that's exactly right. When you talk about a twenty-seven to nothing comeback, the, the did you see the Chargers um, social media before the game? Looking like they're no. collect they're, they're collecting all the receipts of everyone that's wrote them off, and they're oh, about to no. go re- get ready to cash all these receipts. Um, and now the Chargers come uh, lose a twenty seven nothing lead and lose yeah. the game, so they can take all game, those receipts. And I, I do not believe the Chargers they played a clean game. They did not have any turnovers, if I'm not mistaken. They lost a game in which they won the turnover battle five to nothing. <laughs> Five, yeah, plus five turnover ratio, and then that's where I was going with that one. And they lost. And they lost the game in which they uh, trailed uh, literally zero percent of the time. That that game-winning yes. field goal with nothing on the clock—that was that was the first lead for Jacksonville and the only lead. <laughs> so that whole thing was a what the fuck. Yes. Uh, so they can take those receipts and wipe their tears with it. Um, Al and Tony uh, broadcasting that game. Al Michaels and, and uh, Tony Dungy. That's the worst call of a game ender you could ever imagine. I did not go and get that clip. Uh, but it, basically, they sounded like they were asleep. It sounded like they were ready to go get off the air immediately and go to bed. When, yeah, when that I think that over. game wore them out. <laughs> it took everything because they thought it was 27 and they thought it was over one way and it wound up going the other. So they just had no juice at the end. None. Well, uh, but that's what happened. Way past their bedtimes, too. Exactly. That's what exactly what I was saying. That's what happens when you put two men of that age uh, in the booth at the same time. Uh, Miami. What the hell possessed uh, Josh Boyer to call a zero blitz on third down near midfield and Project just calmly hits Stephon Diggs on a bomb? Like, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> Speaking of assistant coaches that got their ass fired. They, were, they actually zero blitzed him multiple times in that game. So you're just asking to get beat, yes. basically. And that's what happened. And that's exactly what happened. Like, what the fuck? Uh, Giants, Vikes. Uh, you, you talked about Danny Dimes uh, called, getting those, all those called runs and just doing it over and over again. The Vikings, fat-ass defensive linemen. I'm not the person to criticize fat-ass people. But in this particular case, those <laughs> linemen, their tongues were dragging. They're, like, flailing after Danny. They just... <laughs> Oh, it was terrible. They just falling all over each other. They look slot. Yeah. Not only was the defense, speaking of assistant coaches, getting your ass fired. Ed Domitel, you get out too. Everybody, get the fuck out of here. They look so bad. I mean, they look bad anyway all year, but then specifically in this game with, with Danny Dimes just running past them. I mean, running past them with ease. And that, so that that had me going, what the fuck? It's like, what what are you doing out there? Linebackers in zone coverage is getting embarrassed. It, it was it was awful. The whole thing was awful. They they deserved to lose that game big time. They were big time fraud. You said it all year, and you were absolutely right. Call 
that that again the keeper uh, from the one yard line for for Snoop Huntley. What the fuck was that? What are you doing? Uh, it was it wasn't quite one. It was like two. It was too far. One and a half. It was, it was, yeah, whatever. Yeah, it was, that it was wasn't too... like the you know the old, the old Drew Brees just stand up and poke it over thing. He couldn't do that. He couldn't even do that. Yeah. And no. Brees is but shorter then, than he was. And, and then I don't know, but he's trying to like reach the ball up towards space. <laughs> you needed to reach the ball forward. I mean, he's, he's, he doesn't know what he's doing. His, his face is buried. He's just desperately trying to get that it's thing like over the goal line. like he was Valky bowling. <laughs> um, if you're old enough to remember the sitcom Perfect Strangers, folks. Uh, That's he holds the ball over his head goes, ah! You know, that was Tyler Huntley <laughs> trying to jump that thing over. Oh, my God. We have we have a Balky reference on this show. That's how far back we're going. Um, <laughs> and, of course, my of course my final what the fuck of the weekend oh. is just sitting there looking at Brett Maher and just going, what oh. the fuck? Over and over well, and you know, over again. If you're going to do it, that's the game to do it. <laughs> He, they are so lucky they didn't need a field goal to win the game. They are so oh, lucky. man. It was in his head. when the, the Bronx cheer that he got from his sideline when he, <laughs> when hit, he hit that last one. extra point. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> he got it. Oh, yeah. Mike McCarthy's like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh my God. It was, it was so sad. Oh, it, it really was. So that that's why I had all those uh, what the fucks. Because I really did have a moment in each game where I was like, what the fuck, man? Well, that leaves it to me. I don't know if this happened. It was like a minor thing all week. Did he or didn't he? Was he or wasn't he? But I was so, I'm just so caught up in it, in the hilarity of it. I almost like it more as like this NFL urban legend was. Mike McDaniel vaping during the game. I don't know if you saw any of the, the like the the, the 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 quick footage where it looks like he's got the have, vape pen going on the sideline. I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. Look it up. And you've got <laughs> like you you could probably break it down frame oh. by frame, pixel by pixel. But there was a a camera close up on him, and just as it starts to cut away. It looks like he holds something up and takes a puff on the Oh, my God. The first just, Google you... search term typing in Mike McDaniel says Mike McDaniel vape. I'm telling you, this the is the first thing. term. And, and if we, you know, in the true essence of the WTF moment, that took them all because nobody asked him about it in the post game. It's just become this urban legend basically in the NFL this real short video clip and you could know he was blowing into his hand but you don't usually inhale when, when you <laughs> so it was really quick and it's right as the camera cut away from him but he's doing something where he's talking and he's got everything going and all of a sudden you see him put something up and and then boom cuts away so I'm, I'm looking at the clip now um really this was a this was a thing. I you make the call. If you so, if you saw some Mister Vape come out of his mouth, then maybe you could have a. But no, to me, it looked like it was a thing? nervous tick, and he just put his hand up to his mouth. This, it didn't so look like is, anything. Yeah, 
I just find it funny that you didn't know that this was a thing. And that's why this no. hit me all week with this WTF, because it's like, yeah, that's what they're talking about. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Yeah, okay. Was, was Mike McDaniel vaping on the sideline <laughs> during the game? <laughs> Okay, um, I, I, that that looks like a social media thing where somebody blew something it was, out of proportion. Yeah. <laughs> but you saw the footage. Was he or wasn't yeah. he? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think so. But but the but, but the mystery of it uh, making people's yeah, minds explode is kind of funny. It just heightens the mystery, which I really thought was funny, and it gets yeah yes in the social media sphere, Twitter and all that, completely blown out of proportion, and I loved it completely. Um, is there possibly anything that we didn't cover or talk about in Wildcard Weekend uh, after all of I that? I think we kind of sprayed to all fields there. I mean, the only thing I can really talk say that I didn't talk about was just how hellish that start for Trevor Lawrence was. The three INTs turning into 17 points. He had four, uh, ultimately. Yeah, um, yeah. And it was all sorts of things. One was double tipped. It wasn't just tipped by a defender. It was tipped by the, uh, one defender, then a second defender, and then intercepted. Um, one should have been PI, where the the, uh, the DB is just tackling the guy. Before oh yeah, the uh, yeah they just completely turned the receiver around. Yeah, Asante Samuel Jr. Yeah, uh, one of his three picks. So yeah, there was a lot of bad luck involved. It was it was a nightmare. But uh, to, to come back from that. And turn into second half that he turned like wow, yeah. I give that to the the coaching edge in that game. And, and Joe Lombardi pays the price for that one. So again, <laughs> assistant coaches getting <laughs> murdered after these games. It was a lot of them. These all guys right. all got taken to Effingham, out behind the truck stop. <laughs> You'll never and see them again. They all got disappeared, never to be seen again. All right, ready to pick the uh, divisional round. Yeah, four games in 46 minutes. I hope we can do this. We might, but you know how long-winded we can be. Uh, We'll find out if we can get through it all in the next two minutes. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Not on the radio, but only here on the website, blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. To be notified when we're live, you can follow the show on the Blog Talk Radio website, or you can follow my Twitter feed at IMLDDre when I tweet out when we're live before every show. Jason's on Twitter too. His feed is at IMLDJTG. Our show is available as a podcast where you can get the live show and a special VIP after show. To listen to the show as a podcast about an hour or so after the live show is over, come back to the show page and go through our archives or subscribe on iTunes, or any number of different podcasting apps, including Player.fm, Mixcloud, Blueberry, and the TuneIn Radio app. You'll get the whole show, the live show and the after show, downloaded straight to you. You can always send us a question or comment or shout-out via email to the following email address, inmuchlessdetail at gmail.com. You can follow all of our picks on our blog. The website for the blog is in much less detail.blogspot.com. Our Thursday night picks will be available Thursday afternoon on our Twitter feeds. Again, that's at IMLDDre and at IMLDJTG. 
This copyrighted broadcast is a production of Jay and Me and is solely performed for our entertainment as well as for any poor soul who happens to be listening. It is intended to be a football pick show for the private non-commercial use of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, retransmission, or any other use of the descriptions and accounts of this podcast without the express written consent of Jay or me is strictly prohibited. That kind of pulled a Danielle there uh, during the Brett Mars uh, circumstances and all those kicks. He didn't say uh, what the fuck was that, but he was like, fucking go for two. Like, after yeah, I was like, what are we doing now? <laughs> you know, at, at what point, yeah. you know, you, there's a point in the game where you don't know that the game's out of hand, right? Just look at all these games with all these comebacks. Where you think mm-hmm. at every point, Matt, well, they didn't end up actually needing those points. So. They, they got very lucky. They did. Because that's like the kind of setup that would have been perfect for a Tommy comeback, right? No, exactly. Yeah. The only they... reason they win the game is because the the, the kicker misses four extra points. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. That's that's a Tommy special right there. That's why Byron Leftwich got fired. He couldn't come back even with the other team missing all the extra points. All right, uh, divisional round weekend conference semifinals. Uh, no surprise that the opener Saturday afternoon is the Jaguars uh, visiting the Chiefs. Any Whoever the Jaguars would wind up playing would be the opener for Saturday for sure. Uh, Jags got to 10 wins with that victory last week, so congratulations to them. Uh, but still 4-6 uh, and six on the road now. They have to go visit the Kansas City Chiefs, 14-3 and three on the year, 7-1 and one at home coming off the bye. Uh, the only bad News going in for the Chiefs would be Miko Hartman is still not able to come back from his groin injury. Uh, but they put together the best offense in football, so apparently they don't really need him or Tyreek Hill, I guess. Um, in this one, the uh, spread is pretty big. Uh, I don't think it was as big as uh, Week 10. I think that was 10.5 maybe, and the, and the Chiefs were leading 20 to nothing and still didn't cover. They they went to sleep and wound up only winning by 10. They won by 10. They won by 10. Complete backdoor cover. And Mahomes was not exactly bad. 331 and four TDs through the air uh, for Patrick Mahomes, and they still only won by 10. So if they pull that and go to sleep again, it'll be a victory because the spread's only nine now. So Jaguars plus nine at the Chiefs. Who you got? I tell you what, this line really mattered to me because if this thing got to 10, just the way that this season has gone, you get to double digits, just don't take it. <laughs> doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who it is or what teams it is. The the team's records this season. Like if you took the dog in any of these games with ten point spreads, you made a ton of money. We maybe only ended up having what maybe two or three ten plus point favorites win in cover this year. It's just absolutely wild. Some of them, some of these ten plus point favorites lost. I mean, it's just, this season's just nuts. Um, but to the game. So, yeah, this is a rematch of a game that was played earlier. This was the game where Travis Kelsey uh, lost his shit and was throwing towels at the refs mm. um, because they were uh, not calling clear and obvious uh, pass interference in the end zone on him to the point where the guy actually had his hand inside his pads and was, <laughs> and was like, tugging on him. So he was... Uh, a little, little animated in that game. I believe he got a uh, sent to the showers early in that one for for throwing some things because he said his goodbyes when that was over. But uh, boy, this is 
Does this count as Andy Reid coming off of a bye? I mean, <laughs> to me it does. Maybe. Yeah, because this, this, this Jags team, they've been a nice story. I, I, I'm just, my, my rotator cuff is still torn from patting myself on the back so hard for, for them making to the playoffs this year, and it's been a nice story. And then that comeback last week, tell you what, as nice as that story's been, you can't you can't get down like that against this team that they're about to play this week and expect a similar result. Um, Trevor Lawrence goes and kicks the hornet's nest and says that he, he doesn't think that the fans in Kansas city are going to be any much louder than what they dealt with uh, or how they can be in Jacksonville. Oh my God. It's going to be. This shit don't stink now after that. Comeback it, oh, like. I get it. But man, you come back off of something like that where you escape with a victory and now you've got to go to Kansas City into Arrowhead, one of the loudest, if not the loudest places in the NFL to play, and you've got to go and try to fight against that juggernaut coming off of a rested week. This might be a rusty quarter, maybe even a rusty first half um, for the Niners because you always have that storyline out there, you know, about the teams with the bye. It was the whole point of getting the bye is to be more rested, but they always throw this thing at you about, oh, maybe they're rusty, even if that's the case. Let's say the Jags, this Kansas City team, they can put up points in so many bunches and so fast. The Jags, yeah, beaten one of the dumbest coaches in the league, and and that Chargers team, great. You can't take it away from them. Arrows pointing up for this team and for Trevor Lawrence. I think uh, I think it comes to a miserable end here tomorrow <laughs> afternoon. I'm going to take KC squish. Uh, I think it is like a bye week for Andy Reid, um, and he's got that time to come up with new uh, snow globe plays, new different <laughs> wrinkles. That, that was the last time we saw the Chiefs with that Saturday night uh, in Vegas where they're coming up with the you know, ring around the posy before they break the huddle and whatnot. So uh, I think it could be fun tomorrow. I think he's going to have some, some things for the Jaguars that they could not possibly have seen before. Um like I was saying before, what could possibly be predicted out of Trevor Lawrence after that heckle and jive playoff debut last week? Four INTs, but four TDs, and, and comes back and gets the win. Like uh, I, I didn't realize what he had said about uh, the, the Chiefs fans. I think I may have read it somewhere, but kind of glossed over it. Uh, but yeah, that that's that's a kid that thinks he's the man now. He thinks he's uh, you know. You do that a few more times, you turn into into Johnny Football, where you're just shooting your mouth off, no matter how you know what the situation is, um, and that's that's not going to go well for you if you keep doing that. Uh, not saying he's on on that road, but yeah. just saying you know just... he'll be he'll be working at Waffle House, not eating there. <laughs> uh, like like Johnny Football should be. Uh, you know what? It's a young and talented Jacksonville defense. I, I can't take that away from them, but to call on them to shut down and slow down uh, the Kansas City offense, I think that's too tall a task, um, especially coming, uh, again, off what I consider a bye week, um, and they're they're going to get pressure uh, because they're they're fast up front, so I'm not saying they're going to, that Pat Mahomes is just going to uh, have his way all the time. He's going to get pressure, but he's, he's going to have the, the cheat codes. He's going to have the answers because they had that extra week to prepare. Um, and he and, and Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy are going to uh, have everything figured out and, and have all the counters to the pressure and all the, the hot reads and check downs. They're going to have the, the the machine will be oiled and, and well running and ready to go uh, in Arrowhead tomorrow. 
Um, it's still amazing what the Chiefs did this year, the numbers that they put out without Tyreek Hill. Like, this is what you do when you lose a player like Tyreek Hill, is you, you basically stay the same or get better on offense. Uh, best in football with the 6.4 yards per play. The best in football without Tyreek Hill. That's amazing. Uh, and now the extra week of prep. Yeah, I'm with you. Should be a no contest. Should be a chief squish. Uh, I, I think I got it 44-24. So, yeah, I could. Uh, I'm with you. I could see it getting out of hand like that. Uh, so, for my X factor in this game, we talk about you. You heard it when the draft happened. Oh, better, better in game, better than on paper. You know. Well, and now you're hearing it as we're getting here into the depth of the season and into the playoffs. Better, better in the game than on paper. It's a graze, man. Trayvon Walker. You were the number one pick in the draft. It is time if the Chiefs are going to get stopped at all, they're going to be relying on getting pressure on Mahomes and then also needing somebody out on that edge to drop in coverage, where he does actually grade out pretty well. Uh, chances are, though, he's going to have to be if he's dropping out in coverage, going after Travis Kelsey. So if oh. there's going to be big plays being made. Time for this man, number one pick in the draft, gets the big paycheck, earn your spot. Just so you know, he's the 90th graded out of 120 edge rushers by PFS standards. So, again, he's better in the game than he is on paper. Well, he's not very good on paper. (laughs) So he better be pretty good in the game or else. He better be damn good in that game tomorrow. (laughs) I'm watching Trayvon Walker, top pick in the draft. Yeah, and you're really not going to look like a number one pick if you're not going to be – good in the game or on paper. Um, I'm going with a pass rusher on the other side. Uh, Steve Spagnuolo needs some, some pressure. He needs these guys to get pressure uh, because that's how Trevor Lawrence is going to, to do this. Uh, if that's the only chance they have to win this game is uh, Trevor Lawrence to have another second half like he had last week. Um, you got to make him sweat. You got to put pressure on Trevor Lawrence. I'm going with Frank Clark, the edge rusher. Uh, only five sacks this year uh, seemed like a, a bit of a bust free agent pickup for the Chiefs. They need him to wake up and come through and put some heat on that kid. Uh, you don't want to risk him uh, keeping up with Pat Mahomes and actually staying staying in there and hanging with him touchdown for touchdown because at that point, then anything can happen in the fourth quarter. So you don't want that. The second half of the Saturday doubleheader. Giants and Eagles for the third time this year. The NFC East rivals, by the way, congrats to the uh, to the NFC Least, which uh, has a one-year renaissance and turnaround. Three teams in the divisional round. Three yeah. different teams. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, that's quite uh, quite the accomplishment for any division, especially that division that we always talk about how uh, overrated it is. But Giants bounced up, did what they had to do. Eagles, of course, top uh, top seed in the NFC, uh, and the Cowboys uh, coming through and, and beating the Buccaneers and doing what they had to do. Uh, so the Giants and the Eagles get to face off uh, with each other Saturday night in Philadelphia. Going to be a, a wild one there, we know. Uh, Giants got to 10 wins with their win last week. Uh, Eagles 14-3, and 7-2 and two at home. The biggest question to me of the weekend is Jalen Hurts' shoulder. Uh, should, there should be a bounty out on it. There's a question about whether there might be a bounty out. That's a loaded word, bounty. 
Um, but there should be, quite frankly, because if you're not trying to drive them down on that shoulder, then you're not doing your job right. Um, right tackle Lane Johnson uh, said all along he was going to put off his groin situation and try to come back for the playoffs, and that's exactly what he intends to do tomorrow. Um, I'll take this one. Uh, Giants are the seven-and-a-half-point dogs in Philadelphia. That's a fair point spread. It's just the, the question mark. Jalen Hurts, what is he going to do? How healthy is he? Uh, how are they going to figure out how to use him? Are they going to try to protect him? Are they going to uh, let him run? What in the world is that going to look like? I don't know if any of us really know. Um, and breaking down the previous meetings, um, it, it's kind of helpful, but not really. The first one, week 14, Philly all over the Giants, 48-22. to 22. They clinched the playoff spot with that win. Uh, Hurts had two TDs throwing and one rushing. Uh, Eagles defense uh, got to the Giants big time. They sacked them seven times in that game. Then the next week is when Hurts uh, hurt that shoulder uh, in Chicago. So week 18 comes around. Uh, Hurts makes his big comeback. Uh, Philly wins the game 22-16, but they're 16-point favorites. Uh, they clinched the number one overall seed with that win. Hurts was kind of working out the kinks in that game. That was his first game back since hurting his shoulder. And then the Giants rested all their starters because their playoff position was locked in. So you have no idea what kind of team uh, they would have sent out there. Uh, but they still covered the spread. Uh, Eagles are very rusty uh, in that game, especially Hurts. Uh, so very uh, up and down outing that no no real way to tell or to take any, uh, anything away uh, as far as Jalen Hurts goes. Uh, I, I wish the Giants advanced last week over a better defense than, than the Vikings. Um, I don't have any sense of, of if Danny Dimes can come close to that performance in this spot, but I don't have a sense of Jalen Hurts, who has played once since hurting his shoulder. Um and kind of sucked in that game a little bit. It, it, it was a real toss-up to me, uh, and that spread's got a hook on it, so that's also very scary. Um, is Hurts running, or is he hanging in the pocket and protecting the shoulder? Right? You know what? We'll find out immediately because the Giants uh, blitzing with Wink Martindale, they're going to force the issue. I, I promise you somewhere on the first drive that the Eagles have, we'll find out what Jalen Hurts is, is doing and how bad he's going to be uh, trying to protect that shoulder, or is he going to just gonna, uh, go balls out and, and – sort of let caution uh, fly to the wind. Um, is it kind of another fraud off uh, in this game? The Giants and the Vikings were sort of two frauds going against each other. And then uh, most people wouldn't call the Eagles frauds, but I remember Jalen Hurts last year. I've been sort of waiting for that Jalen Hurts to, to show up and look like that guy who looked like he was brutal last year when you forced him to throw. Uh, that guy, he looked like he didn't belong in the league uh, in the playoffs last year in Tampa. But up, oh, get him AJ Brown. Now he looks like a, a world beater and all pro. Uh, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if I trust him completely still. But I, I, I can't deny AJ Brown's still there. He's not uh, banged up. Uh, he's going to be a very, very big factor in this game. Um, maybe the the Giants. I, they don't belong in this spot either. That's the problem. Uh, they're going to go to Philadelphia on a Saturday night into a full drunk Philly fanatic tank. Um, they actually have more per, uh, penalty flags this year than the Dallas Cowboys, which shows they, they're not very disciplined either. They had the hot start under Brian Dable. I was impressed, but I was like, eh, we'll see how long that lasts. Will that wear off? Um, you know, they, I, I can't take away the, the victory from over the Vikings, but I still don't totally trust in them and believe them. 
they they allowed close to 50 sacks on the year, the, the Giants did, and the Eagles are number one in sacks. They're going to come uh, and, and put all the pressure on Danny Dimes. I, I see a lot of false starts. I see a lot of terrible down and distance, a lot of bad field position, uh, letting the Eagles just kind of tee off on Danny Dimes. I think the Eagles are going to be allowed to protect and, and hold on to Jalen Hurts for, for one week at least. I'm going to take the Eagles, and I'm going to give the seven and a half. Uh, you – that was the most circular pick I think you've ever made. Like, oh, like I said, I didn't know. I didn't know which way I wanted to go. Oh, man, you had me go in every direction there. Uh, that was an awful long description and, and explanation for me to basically say, uh, I, I concur. I am also taking the Eagles and giving the points. It's a huge step up in class. So no matter what we think, of the fraudulent, or the fraud factor, the fraudulency, or potential fraudulency of the Eagles, they're not even on the fraud level of of <laughs> the Vikings. You know, the Vikings were like Bernie Madoff level fraudulent <laughs> this year. Uh, come on, with the 13 wins and the negative point differential and the setting the NFL record for you can't. This is all time fraud what the Vikings pulled off this year. So you've got to discount what the Giants did to them. The, 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 the Eagles defense is a huge step up. The, the back end is solid. Um, they got their boy, who is my X Factor. Red Stripe! It's Mir! Red Mir! You got to get Jordan Davis in the middle. Stuff in the middle, stopping Barkley on the runs up the middle, making, you know, if, if Danny Dimes is going to run, he's going to have to run to the edge. I think what he did with putting that much out there, you know, into the ether as far as uh, what he's capable of doing in the ground game is definitely going to be putting the antennas up of the Eagles defensive coaches. So I think they're going to be uh, ready and not allow Danny Dimes to just go running all over the place. Like you said, the last time, and then they played the one meaningful game, the Eagles just completely trounced these guys. Right. I, yeah, they're, they're going to get after him. You know, they're going to clog the middle. I don't see anybody. It's, it's a young, inexperienced, mostly group of receivers it was a nice story against Minnesota. But just, like with Jackson, just like with Jacksonville, I think it all comes crashing down here. I think tomorrow ends up being probably the lesser competitive day uh, for football. <laughs> I think we might have two blowouts tomorrow. I'm going to take the Eagles, and I'm going to agree with you. Yeah, I got the 31-17 after all of that. Uh, you you. I think I have a lot closer score for a game. I didn't know which way I was going going into it. I, I was certain for the middle third of your pick there that you were taking <laughs> the Giants because, yeah, I almost had the what I was going to call the the body part X factors where I was going to give it to Jalen uh, Jalen Hurts' shoulders and Miles sure. Sanders' hands. That's the <laughs> one you got to watch out for is Miles Sanders and this tendency to be a little loose with the football. I mean, really, the only way that the Giants can stay competitive or win this game is if the Eagles are, you know, giving them extra chances. I think that's probably all they have. They're they are not going to be able to put the clamps on, you know, the, the you know maybe okay they shut down Justin Jefferson, so fine you go. Let's say you try and shut down AJ Brown. All of the secondary options for the Eagles are way better than the secondary options that Kirk Cousins had to deal with 
uh, you know, D, uh, God, Devontae Smith, Devontae and Dallas Smith, Goddard, Dallas Goddard, yeah, Quez Watkins even as a as a as a third guy. Then they start bringing in these other guys like Boston Scott and Gainwell. They just they've got a lot of ways to just throw yeah. guys out there and, and beat you. And I, I don't think that Giants the Giants defense isn't that great either. Uh, yeah, you're right. Um, my X factor is body parts uh, as well. Uh, how about Lane Johnson's pelvis? How about that body part? Oh, the torn groin. Yeah, because uh, if if you're oh. going to protect Jalen Hurts, you need all your big-time weapons on the offensive line, and he's the biggest uh, of the big-time weapons. When you talk about four Pro Bowls and two first-team yeah. All-Pro, and uh, he's only had five holding penalties since 2018. Lane Johnson is extremely important in protecting your your quarterback. Uh, and if he has another setback and goes down, things might change in, in Philadelphia. Yeah, torn groin makes me wince like testicular torsion. <laughs> it reminds me of your stories of your of your vasectomy. Just a lot oh. of wincing. So, oh, sorry. Sorry. Oh, no. I forgot that was a sore point. I've got PTSD right now. Oh, all right. Let, let's move on and get off that subject. Sunday football, Sunday action uh, in, the, uh, in the NFL late afternoon. Uh, 3 p.m. Eastern is the start of those weird uh, starting times. Yeah. We're done with we're done with noon football for the uh, for this season. The, the 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 death of noon football. We'll say a, uh, some taps for that. Um, the Bengals and the Bills uh, at uh, 3 Eastern. So this is obviously <clears throat> the game that got the big red incomplete from the, from the teacher. For those of us that are familiar with that, and remember when you turn in an assignment that you halfway. You half-ass your way through it, and the teacher doesn't even give you a, a failing grace. It just, it just writes incomplete. It's right, INC on and hands it back. INC. That's right. <laughs> this game never happened. Never happened. Uh, does not exist. Got completely uh, – that, this game got taken to, to Effingham and, and got uh, disappeared. Um, unfortunately, in the uh, DeMar Hamlin game, that was in Cincinnati. Uh, this rematch uh, of sorts uh, will take place in Buffalo. Uh, between the 13 and four now Bengals and the 14 and three now Buffalo Bills. Bengals are six and three on the road. Bills were eight and two at home uh, with that win last week. Uh, yet another hurt offensive lineman for the Cincinnati Bengals. The left tackle Jonah Williams went down last week. He screwed up his kneecap. So that's three O linemen uh, down for the Cincinnati Bengals as they get ready to try to take out the Buffalo Bills. Uh, that uh, may have had something to do with the spread because the Bengals are playing some really good football, uh, two big-time win streaks on the line, but the Bengals are the underdogs plus five-and-a-half at the Bills. That opened at three-and-a-half. Hmm. And now, as we get the news about the injuries, especially those offensive line injury, and you realize that Joe Burrow is going to be out there minus three of his five starting to me, that's the story of the game. I mean, really, that is good. You I agree. Saw, you saw the difference that it made in the Ravens game when that offensive line fell apart. Joe Burrow, he had no time. He Nothing could develop down the field. When you've got Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Boyd, you know, you've got all these guys. You, you want to be making these explosive plays down the field, and they weren't able to they didn't have the time to do anything other than, you know, do the Tom Brady thing where you just catch and throw and just check down, check down. You're not going to beat, you're not going to beat the bills that way. 
you know, the Bills' pass rush hasn't been the same without Von Miller, but I've got a feeling even the Bills, you know, and Matt Milano and Ed Oliver, those guys will be able to get home against the the corpse of the Cincinnati offensive line. And it's such a shame because this is what did Cincinnati in last season. And we talked about it, and they patched it up. And they, they, they got it, you know, they, they brought in all these pieces because we got to protect our asset. We got to protect Joe Burrow. Asking Joe Burrow to go up to Buffalo and basically beat the Bills by himself, that, that's a very tall task because this is going to not just affect Burrow, it's going to affect Mixon, it's going to affect that long. There's going to be no mid, middle and deep passing game in the game tomorrow. It's going to be really hard. I, I am having a hard time seeing, other than Josh Allen, being completely sloppy with the football, I just don't see a pathway for the Bengals to do this because the Bills are just going to have to get home one or two times too many, create something, a strip sack, put them in a a, a long situation. You know, it's going to be really hard, I think, for the Bengals to sustain drives. Maybe they get a few explosive plays. Maybe the maybe the Bills make a few mistakes. Um. I wished it was better circumstances. I wish we were getting these teams more at full strength. Uh, you saw a preview of that because, boy, the Bengals in Cincinnati in the the, the Bar Hamlin non-game really came out firing against the Bills. So I don't think that the Bills are going to come out taking these guys lightly. I think they did take the Dolphins a little lightly, especially after they got up to the big lead. Uh, I, I don't see it happening here. I don't think there's going to be any surprises you know, like, oh, we didn't realize these guys were good um, <laughs> coming from coming from the Bills in this one. So, I think I think Allen is going to be able to take advantage, especially that secondary. Oh my God, uh, that's why my X factor is Eli Apple because he is just the worst. <laughs> oh. How how you did not, if you were the Bengals, watch him in play and watch the coverage and, and what? Oh my God, what Cooper Cup did to him in the Super Bowl. Uh, just what are you doing? You brought him back. That's like if the Packers would have brought back Kevin King, you know? <laughs> I mean, what are you doing? I, did, whoever is on Eli Apple, just throw it that guy. Because Eli just Apple throw double moves at that guy. Terrible. So this is not a good X factor. Uh, <laughs> sometimes all the X factors aren't good, but that's uh, I'm gonna take the Bills and give the points as much as it kind of scares me too because we've seen the Bills kind of muddle through eke out some wins, kind of come up small. This they've got. When do they flip the switch? Is the switch something that they can do? Um, is this team good enough to do that? Because you boy, you'd think that if they can't do it against this wounded Bengals team, that it could be real trouble for them if they have Super Bowl hopes. And not only against this wounded Bengals team, but in this circumstance, the emotion around this yeah. one will be thick. Uh, whether DeMar Hamlin makes it to the stadium or not. You were wondering if he'll make it last week. I'm wondering. Hey, if you're going to bring him out, this is when you do it. And this is, this has to be when you do it. This is it for, for the Bills at home. Because, home. Uh, if they face the Chiefs next week, it'll be in Atlanta. Right. Uh, so, yeah, not to, to, you know, not to make light at all of the situation, but this has got to be Bills uh, coming out, fired up, you know, let's do it for DeMar. This is the team that put him, you know, put him down. As unfair as that might be, I'm sure that's that's going to be a rallying cry. I'm sure that's going to be part of the whole uh, situation. To to take 
the Bengals, after losing multiple starters on their O-line the last few weeks, you've got to believe, if you do that, you're believing Cincy to do like last year in the playoffs and just overcome the clear lack of protection and the nine sacks in Tennessee and all that uh, to, to succeed anyway. And it's not impossible, but it's unlikely. Uh, I guess I'll say if they do it, fuck, Joe Burrow must be a, you know on a Hall of Fame track. Because if he, if he overcomes this, whew, my God. Um, you know, it, it's a different outlook if Cincinnati could protect. Then you might have, you know, Tredavious White. Maybe you don't try to have him lock down Jamar Chase. You might not want to do that anyway. But uh, if since he could protect, then you definitely wouldn't have him try to do that because that would leave uh, Buffalo too vulnerable to the other guys, Boyd and Higgins, as you were talking about. But now you don't have to worry about that as much because you know eventually at some point you're going to break through. You, you don't have to blitz. You're, you're going to get home. You're going to send your four, and you're going to break through on uh, Joe Burrow eventually. So just play your your whatever your base is, your whatever your zone is, um, and, and I think Leslie Frazier knows that. Um, Project just has to stop the dumb plays. I think that's the biggest issue for the Bills is, is Project has, has to stop turning the ball over to the other team, whether it's interceptions or fumbles or what have you. Uh, but the Bills, they take away the ball. They got 27 takeaways uh, on the season. They also have 27 giveaways. Care of the Rocks. That's the big deal for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, yeah, but since they just uh, – they're not a team of ball hawks themselves. They're, you know, you mentioned Eli Apple. Uh, just is not enough juice, in, especially in this atmosphere with, with all the uh, emotion that's going to be going. Yeah, you, you got to go Bills here. You got to give the five and a half. I, I think it's, it's a no-brainer. Um, and you gave you we've, – We've agreed on every game. We, we've taken the favorites in every game. I yes, we have. You're gonna, I just knew you were going to have a, at least one of the dogs, but we got one to go. Um, and my X factor for this uh, again, with with all the emotion, you got to go Naheem Hines. Another kick return, uh, another you know set the city on fire uh, to open the game again. If it happens, whew, it'd be big time. Uh, you know, first guy to return two kickoffs for touchdowns in the game uh, since Leon Washington in 2010. That's a long time ago, kid. Man, uh, Leon Washington was one of the good ones too. Yeah, yeah, he was. So, uh, Naheem Hines, he can really put his name on the map if he does it again for the Bills uh, tomorrow. Just uh, too too much too much emotion, too much of the circumstance, and, and too too much uh, lack of protection for for Joe Burrow. Can't see it. Yeah, Naheem Hines uh, it could be a factor in the passing game. They've been running him out there on some routes. Uh... Sure. Although it was uh, my boy, oh, it hurt myself. Here. Uh, my boy James Cook last week uh, finding the end zone. I really hope you're stretching yourself before you try to pat yourself on the back because you can really <laughs> mess yourself up doing that. I had a, I had a good X Factor week. Yeah, yes, you did. I thought I had some guys do something, but I don't have my sheets from last week uh, handy at the moment. See, I've got um, mine all up here on the thing, but I did not have uh, – Hufanga didn't do shit in the San Francisco no. game. And then I ran off Staley, Cook, and Hodgins uh, – JPP didn't do shit. Right. And, well, he uh, wasn't going to because we both had him. No, yeah, we did. And nobody on the Tampa offense um, did anything. <laughs> so. Oops. So I, I yeah. got three out of six. Okay. Um, yeah, it's got Wang Wu, uh, kick returner, didn't do anything for nope. me. Um, and uh, DeAndre Carter, uh, I, I, I didn't think he was going to do something for me, but that was my, my X-Factor goes, I was like, they got to have somebody. They're not going to win if, if they don't have had, somebody. 
who yeah, who would you have had to have come up with in that one to be the X Factor? If you would have had Asante Samuel Jr. or if you would have had Joey Bosa. <laughs> well, it turns we, out, we wouldn't have went with him because that'd be too obvious. Yeah, but it turns out what you needed was the damn coach. Did you stretching again? Your guy. That's your boy. <laughs> oh, don't don't pat yourself too hard again. No, no, no. I'm I'm all I'm all tapped out. <laughs> all right, Cowboys and 49ers to wrap up the festivities this weekend. Uh Dallas got to 13 and 5 with that win last week. Niners got to 14 and 4. Uh, Dallas now five and four on the road uh, with the win over Tampa. San Fran six and three at home. Um, this one did not have a matchup last uh, this this season, uh, but last year in the wild card round, uh, they got together and Niners I think pulled that out. Uh, I believe Dallas had a chance at the end to, to oh, win that game. Hey, what happened? Uh, oh yeah, up the middle with no timeouts. I almost forgot about that. Uh, it, 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 I don't want to be a Cowboys hater, but it's so easy because the Cowboys fans make it so easy to hate on them. They're so awful. They're such awful people. So I, I can't help but smile when I think back to uh, poor Dak doing doing Dak things. Well, you know what Dak was thinking? Hi, how about if you get a little taste of Landon Dickerson coming right down your throat? Uh, that's what he was thinking. He was thinking about taking that thing right up the middle or right down their throat. <laughs> Uh, you, n- nobody wants anything right down their throat. That's not the way it's supposed to work. That's, oh, okay. Uh, we, we, I definitely got to revisit that in the uh, in the honors and dishonors. Uh, <laughs> in any event, the Cowboys are the underdogs uh, in this one as well. This is the smallest spread of the week. Dallas only plus four at San Francisco. That Dallas team, the one that went to, to Washington and got embarrassed to end the season, that team, they're only plus four. This is a one-week swing situation. They looked so good the, uh, last week against Tampa Bay. It's like, oh, Cowboys are back, baby. Here come the boys. Only plus four at San Fran. They got the kids starting, and Dallas going to go in there and make that kid pay, and they're going to take advantage. Okay. Uh, you know what? Brett Maher got the yips last week kicking extra points. Dak got the yips last year with that stupid ass run up the middle with no timeouts. I don't think they got the cameras Brett, uh, of Brett Maher cussing him out and saying, "Fuck, you should have ran out of bounds or called timeout." Or, or <laughs> That's why because kickers are, are so disrespected. Yeah, they they don't have Brett Maher doing that to Dak, so I don't think Dak should have done that to Brett Maher. Uh, for all the thinking uh, that that Brock Purdy is in some sort of trouble facing uh, the Cowboys defense. And and I can certainly understand that the way that uh, the the Cowboys defense can get after uh, a lot of teams and, and make their lives miserable. But uh, it's not about the quarterback. It's the system. We've been telling you this. You can put anybody back there. Jay would be a playoff star right now if he were quarterbacking the 49ers. Anybody can get in that system with those uh, – with not just with, those, with the coaching and those schemes, but with that surrounding cast, with those – athletes that he has back there and he has his choice of incredible athletes to, to help him on this journey. Um, I, I don't worry about Brock Purdy getting pressured by, uh, by the, by the Cowboys defense and uh, having too much problem. He's going to have too many options. He's going to be able to turn it to and, and throw short to Debo or throw short to McCaffrey or go over the middle to Kittle. He just got too many, too many guys he can 
uh, he can rely on. And, he, and he's got the schemes. And he's got the coach to put him in the right place uh, to take advantage of, of those situations. Uh, and Dak can screw up any game plan that uh, Kellen Moore can come up with on the other side. So uh, he's got that going for him, too, that the Niners' defense will get after Dak and make him uh, cough it up and turn it over. And I think that's the key. Will this be Skins Dak or Bucks Dak? Because Bucks Dak last week was, was pretty hard to uh, overcome. But Skins Dak the week before that, just throwing it outside to the defender, and he drops it, and he says, you know what, I'm going to throw it outside again because you ain't going to catch it. Oh, oh, shit, he caught it again. Um, that guy is always lurking. That version of Dak is always uh, right there on the horizon, and you never know when he's going to come up. But I think against the Niners defense, it's probably a good bet uh, to see him come up. So I said last week I trusted the Cowboys defense uh, over Tom Brady. Uh, that was against Tommy and that future Bucks offense. This week, there's no one I trust more than Kyle Shanahan. The Niners only allowed 31 sacks on the season, even with all the uh, lack of continuity at the quarterback position, even with the three different starting quarterbacks, they only gave up 31 sacks in the 17 games. And that's pretty, uh, pretty awesome when you think about that. Uh, they, they all know what they have to do. Whatever the quarter, whoever the quarterback is, whether it's uh, Trey Lance or uh, Jimmy G or this Brock Purdy kid, they all know what they got to do. Just, just take care. Just, just be cool and follow your coaching and take care of the situation. They're giving you the keys to a Porsche. Don't crash it. It's pretty much all you got to do. Uh, Dallas plus 10 in takeaways uh, on the season is really good. Niners plus 13 is better. Uh, they're going to force Dak into some turnover situations. They're going to take care of the football uh, better on their end. And Kyle Shanahan is going to want to take out Dan Quinn and prove that 28-3 to was not his fault. That wasn't me. That was a D. That wasn't on me. Uh, so a little Falcons flashback there. So I, I got Kyle to, to take out the, the Cowboys. Um, and that's uh, all four favorites for me. Yeah, that's stunning. Um that you're, that you're so chalk. That, that's, so am I going to go four for four is the question. So mm. it was brought up on one of the podcasts I listened to this week, and I have had a hard time getting this out of my brain when it came to making this pick. And it, so it's been conflicting me. This is probably the pick that I had the hardest time with. All the, so all the other ones I was pretty clear on. And this one, I, I'm still going with the team that I had first. But as it relates to the Niners, and not even so much with Brock Purdy, but just the Niners in general, if you just take a good look, and I, I would invite you to do this at some point, just at your leisure, take a look at the Niners' schedule this year. The Niners mm. played nobody this year. <laughs> and they kept playing nobody. Uh, the best team they played this year was Kansas City. This is back in October, before Halloween even, and they lost 44-23. to Since That was the last game they lost, by the way, way back before Halloween. Since then, this is the murderer's row that the Niners have run through. Rams, Chargers, Cardinals, Saints, Dolphins, okay, good Seahawks, Potato Skins, Raiders, Cardinals. And it's putrid. So it's a, yeah, it's great that they've done this, and seven of those were with Purdy, the first of those being the Miami game when Jimmy G got hurt. But they, the Niners, they're probably playing the best team since they played Kansas City. 
So I, and this is also, we're talking about teams that are both ranked high in defense, both the Dallas exceptional getting pressure on the quarterback um, offensively, probably the best team they've played since they played um, Kansas city, maybe Miami because they did have two in that game, but we know what, what that's been like. Um, this is definitely going to be, it, it, it's easy to look at the, the Niners and, and be impressed by all their accomplishments, but I worry that they're not really tested, you know, and they were getting gashed in the secondary by Geno Smith and they got lit up by Jared Stidham. So I'm taking the points, not necessarily okay. taking the Cowboys to win the game. All I need is San Francisco could play a hard fought game, win this by a field goal. I still win my pick, but I do think this is going to be the biggest test. It's going to be the heaviest amount of pressure that Brock Purdy has faced. It's going to be the best offense that that defense has played in a very long time, like competent everywhere, multiple running backs, multiple receivers, which Dak do you get? I guess is kind of always the question we shall see. Um, But I'm taking the points, the one underdog I'm taking the one pick we disagree on this week. I'm rolling with <laughs> Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Your guy, your your favorite coach to, to hate on, the guy you love to hate. But you're rolling with points. McCarthy. I'm, I'm I'm taking the points here because the Niners have played nobody. My my only light pushback against that schedule is I I did I think I counted four playoff teams in that mishmash. It wasn't uh, not the best playoff team. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what? So, so, so they didn't get the Chiefs and the Eagles and the Bills and all of that. Um, okay, uh, right. But what, what not, else? I'm just saying you can only beat the teams that's in front of you. But I'm just saying they right. haven't really been tested. Yeah, I, I, I just push back against they. It has been an awful schedule. Like uh, Browns and Texans and Colts. That would be awful. It, it wasn't quite that. No Broncos. Panthers, yeah. yeah. Quite <laughs> and then they got bad. everybody in that division multiple times, but it's been right. bad. Um, it should have been a, saying, a great division, but it wasn't. I think it's been a little easy for them, I, and I, I think they're going to you know, meet some resistance. It's not a strong schedule. Like I said, my, my pushback was light on that. Uh, who's your X factor for this one? It's T.Y. Hilton, the old man. Can he get it done? T.Y., T.Y., T.Y. You know, they Dallas is going to need to get somebody other than their top guys, other than Gallup and CeeDee Lamb. And, you know, we saw what, what that, what they did on that third and 30. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. They've been mixing him in every, his targets have increased every week since they signed him. I'm going with the old man T.Y. Hill. One of my faves, but, but loved him as a Colt. Um, sometimes you got to go with the obvious for your X factors. Fred Marr, kid. One for one for five is bad in baseball. This isn't even baseball. One for five in extra points in that Tampa game. One. And it's Uh, not like they're putting the big rush on extra points either. (laughs) No. No, he was just he was just yacking it up. He was just he kept he sliced the first two and then he overcompensated. What he what he doinked the one off the very top of the oh my god. Like, oh don't have it tonight. Uh Missed only three extra points and three field goals in the regular season. So this was just one of those nights. But, oh, boy, if they need a field goal, 
if they get down and need a field goal or if they need something, a big kick, oh, boy, look out. Yeah. Well, I'm or hoping you're right, because if, if they need a field goal to win the game, I win my pick. <laughs> Now into our VIP after show program. Well, you win your pick if it's the last play and they need a field goal to win, but you right. don't if, if if it's the third or fourth quarter and they need a field goal uh, and he yaks it and then the Niners take it and, and get a touchdown the other way. No, 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 no. I, I like this last second field goal narrative uh-huh. because that means I've won my pick. Right. No, Which no, is this, just this. so think about the wildness here. I win this pick. I go ahead of you. You win this pick, you put me in a really tough spot, and it's all coming down to that Dallas, the last game on the schedule. There's some drama. It always seems to come down to the last game for us. Yeah. No matter what the, the point game system this, is. The last game of this uh, four-game slate, the only one we disagree on, you are going – you are Mr. Chalk. I'm Mr. Chalk. I, I don't know how to feel about that, but I, I can't deny how I, I how I felt when I finally broke down these games. I, I got – Bills by two touchdowns. I got the uh, Eagles by two touchdowns after I talked my way through that whole scenario. Yeah, that was very um, circular. Yeah, and I got the the Niners by by ten or eleven points. Wow. Okay, so you got them handling them pretty easy. Uh, two possessions. We'll, we'll we'll see how it turns out. Ah, so thankfully, no connection issues, and we actually got through uh, the show on time. Yeah, it was actually yeah, it was very clean. We didn't have to waste ten minutes uh, with one of us just completely dropped <laughs> off the uh, just completely dropped off yeah. the air. Uh, no, no, that that was a new one where you you didn't drop off the air. You dropped out of my hearing range. The show yeah, dropped out of my hearing range. I was still range. on I the show. Hear anything? Yeah, yeah. So I never had seen that. Well, we're always every you know a few months we we do something on this service that we've never done before. But at least we don't have the connection issues that we had years ago. It was all the time we used to have uh, connection issues. So, yeah, at least we at least we we bypassed that. Um, you it are hosting. I don't, I don't know what our situation next weekend will be, uh, but you are hosting. We will be at my wife's uncle's next weekend. The whole weekend. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, we'll decide if we're going to do that as a as a Saturday night or. Uh, there we attempted to do that Sunday, the championship Sunday. Yep, it's on the table. I, I have no uh, at the moment. I don't know of any uh, anything that would keep me from doing either one. Okay. So yeah, as, as we get through the week, whatever you know, was obviously you're the one who's going to be in you know a different environment. So kind of go with what you're more comfortable with. But yeah, and then that championship Sunday, we don't even have to do that as a nine o'clock show. We could do that like at noon. Right, right. We don't have to get up early in the morning for that. Right. All we got to do uh, is we get to give away our hardware for the divisional round and then mm-hmm. pick uh, two games. Yeah, there, there's, a, there's a decent chance that I'll choose to do it Saturday night because we're in that different environment and I don't want to risk that if, if we get to Sunday and there's some connection issue on my end, then we're just completely screwed. Uh, whereas if we schedule it Saturday and there's an issue, then at least we can try it again, you know, Sunday morning on the phone or something. Right. Yeah, so, so not fun. a lot of drama on the show tonight. We 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 were pretty pretty much uh, us only disagreeing in, on one game in the division round feels wrong. 
Right, because usually I'm trying to be, you know, Mr. Think Outside the Box, and I come up with all these weird picks, and you wind up just sweeping right through the division round and and taking all the picks. So, yeah. nope, not this year. And the one the one dog, oh, man, I took the Cowboys. <laughs> ah, it'll be interesting. It makes this game more compelling. At least I'll be more interested in this game now. Yeah, I, I'm I'm in the bag for my guy uh, Shanahan. So I know. I'm definitely going to be watching that one closely. And hey, you know what? The Cowboys have the talent to to always. There's no team in the league the Cowboys can't beat. So I'm just I'm don't even try to pretend like that. I I made some horrible pick if the Cowboys come back Monday uh, or or would come back next week if the Cowboys have won. I completely understand. The Cowboys can win any game against anybody. I completely understand that. They just always seem to choke it up at some point. But yes. if they don't, then congratulations <laughs> to them. All, oh, I'm, I'm just all the Cowboys fans uh, at my job that I'd have to listen to all the time. Uh, they, they know. They uh, you, you know how you know uh, that they know that their team is is a bunch of losers is because anytime I start talking shit about the Cowboys, the first thing they come back with to me is the five rings. Like, how long ago was that? Oh, my God. How many people first were even alive or remember <laughs> these things, you know? Because my first answer to that is, when was that last ring? How many years ago was that? That was before that, the millennium? Are you serious oh, with this? Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. That that's That's like if you just rolled out the 85 bears on them. Our, our one ring, you're right. Yeah, but that one ring was one of the greatest teams of all time. Yeah, it was, but no, I don't. I don't try to argue back uh, when they when they go after the Bears because I can't say anything because the Bears are awful. They're just there. Yes, hey, they got the number one pick in the draft for being the worst team in the league. That's about and all they we were got, not. Baby. They were not the worst team in the league. No, they were not worse than the Texans or the or Colts the Colts and Jeff Saturday and oh Lord. Uh, no, they weren't worse than them, but they they did what they had to do to to make number one. They put Tim Boyle out there and Nathan Peterman, and they clinched that spot, baby. They knew oh, what they had man. to do. Yes, they did. They went out there and they took it. That's right. Oh man. So now there's always the push element uh, of this one too. So that, that's true. There is that. Which then, yeah, and it'd be fun as we move into next week, and then we start thinking about the points, you know, because we're still really tight right now. Um, this is I've got a feeling this is going down to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's how I feel. Uh, I mean, well, unless one of us just completely yaks it up in the conference finals. Ah, uh, no, I, I don't, you know, if, if you win this pick, I don't see any way unless you, I just figure that you are so wrong. Like, I, I did that that one year. Yeah, where I yeah, was you just did. Like, I disagreed with you on both when I didn't need to. <laughs> just on the principle of you really, really believed in your picks so much. Yeah. That you, you took them in and, 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 and it worked. You, you won it those did. picks. I did win those picks. So unless so that's the type of a scenario where I'm like, nope, I am, I am a man of principle and I am sticking to my pick. <laughs> uh, yeah. If you end up taking that, that with San Francisco, I'm probably making you just go right to the Super Bowl. I, I'm not, I'm not messing around. Like I said, I, with the asterisk of if I think you're making something egregiously wrong, then yeah, listen, that could swing. It's going to be going to swing. It's going to be crazy. Uh, one thing I have read this week was that this uh, potential conference finals game in the neutral site 
um, is probably something the NFL would like to explore in the future and make that a permanent thing. Uh, would, would that uh, affect you one way or the other if they decided to make the I don't like it. games? Okay. Hey, home field, home field. It, it is, uh, but I don't know if it affects Super Bowl's me fine. one way or the other. So that's the Super Bowl, but right. I, I'm not. I'm not for this. Uh, no, you you play the whole season and you clearly have the best record. You you deserve that game in your building. And there's plenty of seasons where that the number one seed is not hosting because they're knocked out. So, uh, no, I I don't like that idea. Okay. I'll let them have that if they reseed the playoffs. Wow. Properly. How about that? I'll give you a, a <laughs> trade you. You let uh, the division not... winners all get in, but you don't necessarily guarantee them a home game, and I'll let you have your neutral site <laughs> championship game. I know that's your uh, your, your big-ticket item. Um, I'm I'm not Goodell, so I'm not in position to, ne- to negotiate that with you. But I understand that's your your position that you really would, would love to have the team with a better record uh, hosting, no matter whether they won the division or not. Yeah, especially if your advantage is your home. Like, but we we talk about that with like Kansas City or in Buffalo. You think about some of these teams that have these like built-in major home field advantages. They've earned that. Sure. I wouldn't take that away from them. Imagine if you're Seattle and you've got the number one seed and now you're going to play in Indy for the, no. (laughs) That does seem a little silly. Um, um, Yeah. I I don't like the idea. Let's just go do it in London for the hell of it. (laughs) Uh, Don't suggest it. Don't put it out there because they might be listening. Uh, Yep. Packers losing Lambeau Field would probably suck for them, too, very yeah, much. Packers get the number one seed, and they have to go play at Tottenham. <laughs> uh, but it will be a, a new revenue stream. It would probably make them more money yes. uh, going over well, there. Well, yeah. They're, they've already sold – they sold 50,000 tickets right. like, immediately. I, I, I'm sure you saw that, and then they're going to yeah. have it where half the fans are on the one side and then the half – no, you should – you should have home field advantage. If anybody's like, been kind of like robbed a college bowl this, game, yeah, who's been robbed this season? Probably the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. It, you know, uh, there's an argument for that. Because if the Chiefs have got to go play the Bills on a neutral site, well, that just that's, you're losing a big advantage to pulling them out of Arrowhead. But but at the same time, you understand why they had to do the. Uh, neutral site deal because you can't give it to to Buffalo, right? You can't fault Buffalo, who was the number one seed until their player had a heart attack, right? Which was why I crapped all over the NFL for having no contingency plans for this type of thing. Well, they had this. Maybe this was the contingency plan all along. Was no, because they site. made this up. They wrote this down on a napkin <laughs> on that Friday after Demar Hamlin. Uh, collapsed. It uh, took them perhaps. five days to come up with a solution. So I know they did not have contingency plans or rules. I'm hoping they do in the future, because, like we said, it could have been a could have been a natural disaster, a terrorist event. It could have been all kinds of right. There's all sorts of things that could cause you to lose COVID. a game. They tried. Yeah. <laughs> and they were doing Wednesday football and. Mm-hmm. They were just pulling everything out of their asses they could for COVID. 
They were trying to do Tuesday at midnight. They they were just trying to get all the games. Oh man, in we had that. that. That was there was that one Tuesday night football game that really felt like it was gonna like it started at like nine p.m. No, I, I remember because that was that the Steelers. That we happened to go to. Uh, was a Ste- Why do I think that was a Steelers game? That might have been a different one, but I remember one that was definitely Tuesday night because that was that week that we happened to go to the cabin uh, on the eastern side of uh, Tennessee. And oh, so I was yeah. sitting up there watching the Titans hosting, I think it was the Bills, and, and beating oh, the Bills' okay. ass. But, uh, All right. <laughs> sounds like you're about finished. Yeah, I thought, well, I thought this was a <laughs> 9 o'clock show. So. Yeah. Yeah, so you you were you were ready to go an hour before before I was me, sitting so. here and I'm like, all right, I got the studio up, I got all my stuff, I've got everything did, I'm ready to go, and then I'm like, uh, where's Trey? <laughs> and then I look over and it says 66 minutes till the show, and I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> and then I was like, no, that can't be right. And I went back and I looked at my email from you, and I'm like, no, it says nine o'clock. It did. And it did. It did say nine o'clock. <laughs> so either way. I'm just I'm beat. So I got it. I understand. Uh, so we don't know exactly what we're going to do next weekend. Um, sounds like Jay's going to get up to me. It will not be Friday. So it will not be Friday. We'll either be will either be Saturday night unless because you know if I have the opportunity to not have to do this on a Saturday night, I usually will let my wife know and she'll try to make plans. So mm-hmm. I'll you know I'll let her know like hey I might not have a show next Saturday night. She'll probably have plans already made. I understand. And then it will be um, Sunday, which will be kind of fun. It will be fun. Like I said, I'm just scared of, of this connection over at my wife's uncle's house. If we I know. try to do it Sunday and it's all jacked up or something. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, Saturday works, too. That's what we're used to. And at least right. that we could do that at 9 instead of at 10. Yeah, well, that definitely will not be a uh, a later show. We don't, we don't have no. to do that. We'll, uh, so we'll, we'll have out. a decision. We'll have a decision on that in the next few days. We'll yeah, wait till Friday, a, and I'll write it on a napkin, <laughs> like the NFL does. If you're a, a loyal subscriber to the show, then you will get the uh, decision when I, whenever I create the uh, the show, the next show, the time for it. And uh, uh, either way, you'll be joining us next week to hear us break down the conference semifinals or the divisional round, as all the rest of the people, all the regular people, call it. But I'm special. The so normies. That's right, uh, but I have to call it the conference semis, um, and we will be discussing our one game that we are uh, are going head to head on for this weekend: the the Niners and the Cowboys. Um, and then we'll be picking the conference finals. So it, it is coming to the uh, to the end of our season, and after that, of course, honors and dishonors. Honors and up. dishonors. That should be a fun show. And that always a couple is. of short weeks. So especially considering that we do a little mini honors and dishonors every week now. So that becomes sort of the, that's the football party version of what we do now. Now we've got to narrow it down and, and really distill it to, to the essence and of the, the people that really deserve it. the best it. and the worst of the worst. <laughs> that's right. Um, and me being such a, a, being in my, in my head, in my headspace all the time, I'm actually concerned like, do I really want to go down and, and go through all the notes of the season and try to distill it like that? Because that might completely blow my brain up. Uh, but I'll, I'll figure a way to handle it somehow. Uh, but, yeah, either way, we will always uh, have a good time doing the honors and dishonors. That's in a couple of weeks. Next weekend is the conference finals show. Um, and that will do it for us. 
Uh, so unless you had anything else, I think we'll be checking out. I'm good. I'm going to bed. All right. He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been, in much less detail, the podcast, the conference semifinals version of our football party. Thank you all for listening. And join us sometime next week, next weekend, for our conference finals show. Enjoy your football this weekend. Lots of good football on tap. And we will talk to you next weekend. What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.